Welcome back to Truth or Theory, guys. This is episode 100. We made it. We yeah. made it. We made it. We made it. This is good stuff. Um, yeah. We're I'm here. JP, as always. Yep. JP's back. We got him back for the finale. It's awesome. And in studio for the first time, we have Detective Stan Strong. Previously Detective Stan Strong. Now he's Stan Strong. <laughs> <laughs> I'll let you explain that if you want to. And then we also have the one and only David Quadnet. What up? And then we have some people on uh, Zoom that are going to be in and out tonight, too. So we'll be introducing them as they pop in. But we have a few sitting and waiting, but we're going to do cheers to good news and then go to those guys. Stand strong. Would you like to kick us off for some good news, brother? Sure, man. I mean, mine's pretty obvious. I think I'm actually here in studio with you guys. It's uh, awesome. So, man, I'm pumped for that. Travel so a long awesome. ways. Yeah. yeah. On foot, too, man. I yeah. can't believe you did. <laughs> my, walkers. my dogs are tired. <laughs> He walked nice. all the way from Louisiana. <laughs> <laughs> um, so that's your cheers of good news. You're just you're here, brother. You're here. here, bro. You're here in person. I feel your energy. It's beautiful. Thanks, man. <laughs> so my cheers of good news is tied to that. Uh, him and I have how long have we been together? About a day now, two days. Yeah, about a day and a half. Just a yeah. full day and a half. Okay, we've been having a lot of stupid moments, a little cracking up at a lot of dumb stuff, and. Last night, we went to see a movie, and then after we were leaving the movie, he hit me with this funny spin on the fact that, like, I've been having a lot of personal issues. A lot of people know that. So I'm like, what if I had, like, a nervous breakdown, and he never actually came here, and I made it all up? <laughs> Stan Strong's not here this whole time. It's just a microphone yeah. not even being held right now. It's just right here. We, we went to a restaurant, and then we went to a movie. And then at the restaurant, we walked past it. There's a group of ladies at a table, a couple of attractive ones. I was like, dude, she totally just checked you out. And like, how funny would that be? Because I'm walking by myself and there's nobody with me. <laughs> and I'm like, dude, she totally just checked you out. I made up this imaginary dude. He's not even with me. And then we go to the movie theater. We're walking out. I'm sitting in the damn movie by myself. I'm like giggling like crazy in the beginning because we were talking about some dumb shit. And we had to like pull it in so we weren't laughing during the damn movie, me and those people. And what if I'm sitting there by myself I'm laughing because I made it all up? He's my my Tyler Durden. <laughs> so my cheers to good news is that you're here too, brother, and that we made it to 100 episodes, guys. Bring it into the middle. Let's get it. Nice. We did it. JP, you're up. Uh, I just want to cheers to all the badass people that we met along the way, man. There's we've, we've got a lot of good people in our arsenal, and it's, I'm thankful for every single one of them. Amen. It's been a, an awesome ride. Nice. It has. Quad nets. Uh, yeah, my cheers to good news is uh, it's not as, you know, I guess good as you guys. But, man, I'm just so excited because we got snow out here. Um, it's been like 240 <laughs> days. I love the snow, man. Hey, I do, too. It man. is so nice. Your dog loves it, too. <laughs> yeah, it's cold. It's great. Um, it's the first snow of the season was last week, and, you know, we're already past the new year. So it's pretty um, bizarre. Yeah. So it's, it's just good to have some some good weather. I like all the seasons so the fact that we actually got you know i guess we have about a foot of snow outside right now so yeah it makes me happy yeah. on the inside so also since the last time david and i recorded with charlie the fires happened we had a crazy oh, yeah. outbreak of fires yeah, um which is under investigation it's a conspiracy on its own look into it oh, yeah. dude our president is here is he really he is give a speech? here today. i feel so honored is yeah, we should go not. meet him. You guys want to go meet him? I got something. Come to on, say. man. Is that corn pop yeah, over there? He's here. So he actually <laughs> made. Yeah, he came visit those the uh, burnt areas today. Oh, um, nice. So he mm -hmm. did. Yeah, yeah, man. He was in town. We could. Can Kamala I ask take... a quick question? Yes. As you guys are being in Colorado, have they alluded or made any reference to how that fire started? 
Yes, yeah. several several different ones actually. Okay. It, it started with down power lines was the first thing, and then now there. Yeah, I heard it's a guy. There's a there's a guy in his garage. Yep. And then there's also if you want to get deeper, a cult theory. Yeah. The thirteen. It families, was it the was Antifa. Tribes. They came through and just were burning the rich people's <laughs> homes. I, I actually seen a show where they said it was Harp. Harp came through and did that. Oh, there you go. Wouldn't put it past oh, them either. We're was... just gonna open up a bunch of blanket conspiracies and go from there. Yeah. yeah. So, when cheers to your good news as well is that snow saved a lot more fires from being no doubt taken down. Yeah, it was it was literally one day too late. Yeah, it was all those but, that burned happened. Yeah. on like a Thursday, and it was snow. so dry here though. Yeah. And now it's so not, windy. Yeah, that wind sad. was howling that day. Yeah. That wind was howling. Yeah, JP and I saw each other that day uh, just a couple hours before it got really bad. I saw him at work. We met up at his work, and we were both talking about it. And all it was was just smoke clouds, and you could see it coming from like the Boulder direction. But uh, yeah, now it's it, it freaking wrecked havoc. What was yeah. it? Over almost a thousand yeah, homes. About a thousand homes. A Target, a hotel, all yep. kinds of big buildings went down. <clears throat> Pretty wild. wild. But yeah. that's our cheers to good news. Let's introduce our guys on the on the line here. We got uh everybody's favorite jerky maker, P Hud. <laughs> hey guys. Welcome back, P Hud. You want to give us Thank some you. good news? Yeah. Um. Uh, the job's going great. Life's going great. And, uh, but I'm about to go back to being a swing driver at work. So make a little more money, have a little more adventure. So happy about that. Good, mm. good nice. deal. And my wife got a new job that she's very happy with. So oh, good, to hear good all around yeah. with everything. Yeah. I think the last time you were on is when you were here, right? When you came to visit. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay. With yeah. The, so uh, I don't remote I viewing episode. Yeah, with yeah. Paul H. Smith. That was when we yeah. got into the peanut butter whiskey. Yeah. And, <laughs> yeah. and you did the Stanley, too, with this. Yep, the Stanley. And then I was on for the 50th episode, too. That was that was real fun. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Since then, you were you were dating. You were in kind of a serious relationship with your wife now. And then That's since right. then, y'all have gotten married. So, yes. Yeah. Nice. Podcast, congratulations. You found yes. Thank you. Thank you. Half. Very happily married, as well as everything else going well. So. Let's ask her if she feels the same way. <laughs> hold on we hit the beat button <laughs> that's awesome it's good to have you back b hud and, and we and jp also mentioned his famous his favorite episode or or whatever so i was just thinking my two favorite are probably the anunnaki and that 50th 50th anniversary episode that's probably my two favorite like he said there's so many good ones but those two stand out for me i guess nice yeah, yeah me I'm, thanks I'm for your a, answer now i forgot that i'm a sucker for the anunnaki i love it yeah, yeah. i do too i remember I where i was when i listened to it <laughs> <laughs> it was that good really yeah you really do that's oh, awesome yeah, new orleans airport i was just walking through the airport and i was listening i'm like what the fuck is this guy saying but it was it was some pretty good shit yeah, in the so, beginning that was one of the few episodes like, i've ever missed i wasn't yeah, even no. there and that was the one you were asking for the most too and yeah. i'm bad about that but matthew lacroix schedule was hard to get him back if we missed it that time, it was going to be like a couple more months until we had him back. But then we ended up getting him back. I think, Jeffrey, you were on that too with, with yep. us, or you were going to be? No, he was there. Can't remember yeah, how that played out. I don't recall. I've, I've been on with Matt so many times, and that dude's yeah. a freaking G. Yeah, yeah, no, you were there. I remember you were there. Yeah, okay. you recommended him a lot to us as well, too. Yeah, um, I remember when we had a conversation, you were asking, like, who who I should, who he should get on, and I'm like, Matthew. Yeah, mm -hmm. Yeah, he, he's definitely the guy to go to for Anunnaki. Nice. Yeah. Jeremy, happy to have you back, too. You've been a loyal listener for our show. How you been, man? And give us some good news. Uh, I've been doing pretty well. Uh, I guess my good news would be natural immunity. 
couple hours ago, I just tested positive for COVID. Really? And uh, I don't have any symptoms, so cheers oh, wow. to natural <laughs> yeah. immunity, I guess. I've been listening to all of my podcast friends and taking supplements since the beginning of the pandemic, and I'm thinking that it helped because my wife had a rough day, and she got the jabs, and I didn't, and I've been doing all right. What made you get tested for it if you didn't have symptoms? I felt kind of funny Tuesday morning, but not like anything I could put my finger on. My I was like my joints were maybe a little sore, like in my knees, but that's it. Mm-hmm. And then it was gone by that afternoon, but I figured I probably shouldn't risk like spreading it. I could work with a bunch of old people in my department, mm-hmm. so I didn't want to like kill anybody. Yeah. <laughs> so I figured I'll take the test and hang out at home. And now they're like, yep, you can't go back to work till the 18th. So I'm wow. chilling at home with my kids and another uh, good news thing, I guess, is I have had a son since all this started. So wow. he, awesome. he turned That's eight awesome. months a day or two ago. So I'm pretty good stoked deal, about man. that. That's good to hear. All right. Enough about you. What's your favorite show that we, we've done? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, anything with Jeffrey, Pat or Charlie, honestly, I know yeah. when I was first on your show, the first like fan podcast you did or whatever john barber was my favorite guest at the time but overall definitely jeffrey pat and charlie have consistently been my favorites solid choices for sure john barber's cool man that guy's lived a life yeah a lot of stories that's max wife's favorite episode as well she loves that one Uh oh we said oh (laughs) oh I don't get it. Well, let's move on. <laughs> Jeffrey Wilson, the man, the myth, the legend, the man who does it, does it all. How are you doing, brother? I am doing well, man. I am doing well. My good news of the day is, you know, we woke up today, so everything else is gravy. Nice. You brought back your solo podcast, it sounds like, too, huh? It's coming back. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Awesome. It's me speaking to you. Is that the correct term? Is that how you say it? Yep. Yep. I mean, just for the sake of abbreviation, hashtag it's me, SPK, and the number two, the letter U. Awesome. Yeah. You, you came on my solo show, which I ran for like, I did 30 episodes, but one of them with Than Lee, which was a really good episode. Like nobody besides me and Than Lee know about it. Zoom deleted the damn episode in the middle of it. It like stopped recording it and then they could not recover it for nothing. I was like, it took so much wind out of me because uh, wow. he told me it was the best interview he's ever done. I was like, damn, dude, that's awesome. He was, he's the one FC lightweight champion at the time. Well, I think he still is. He's fighting Gary Tonin and that's going to be a hell of a fight too. But um, the dude's awesome. We had a great interview. It was a lot of fun. He's, a, he's training out of New Orleans too and he's a Louisiana guy. And it, we just had a lot of fun. It was a really fun interview. And then that happened. And then I was like, I can't do this show anymore. Yeah, it I killed me. Remember when you called me and you were crying and I just, yeah. I felt terrible for you, dude. I know. I felt terrible. I cold my hand is. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it sucked. But uh, I'm excited. Um, I may end up starting it back up for a little while until Gingy figures out her time frame on when she can start the next show that we're doing, Blind Without Shades. And if any of these gentlemen want to start another show, <laughs> if any of these guys want to start a show in the meantime called Sausage Fest, I'm down. <laughs> that's, that's the first time I've ever heard the name, and that's that's hilarious. Yes. Yeah. Googly eyes. <laughs> so uh, Jen, Jen and I both have light-colored eyes, and we like are like 
cannot see worth a shit without sunglasses on. So it's been like a joke. So we're like, let's just call it blind without shade. It just sounds stupid and our show's gonna be stupid. <laughs> so let's do that. So that's what it is. But yeah. I'm uh, I'm surprised nobody else has popped on yet. It's really, really weird. We have a huge list of people that agreed to come on, but Oh, all right, we'll get there. We're, we'll yeah, get there, time. guys. We got a long time ahead of us. Yeah, so What's... I got a question, I guess. Hey, Jeremy, um, so you say you just tested positive, right? Have you uh, had some really crazy dreams lately? Ooh. Um, I guess I could say the last couple nights, they were more memorable. Okay. I guess I could remember more detail about them, but I wouldn't say they're I've always kind of had crazy dreams and I, I studied like vivid dreams or lucid dreams for a long time and like did a lot of like work to try and have lucid dreams, mm-hmm. but I wouldn't say they're crazier than normal. Yeah, no, I've just, I've heard that from having COVID you, uh, whenever you start to get the illness, um, your kind of brain goes into a very active state while you're sleeping um, to where your dreams are a little bit more, I mean, powerful. For a I drink a lot of beer before bed, so that might hinder go. that. <laughs> there you go. Your old natural sedative. <laughs> yeah. That's cool that you have dreams. I'm, I'm the guy that's like, I never dream. It's like rare that I ever dream. And usually when I wake up, I forget all about it. It's kind of crappy. I'd like to dream <laughs> when I do have dreams. I feel like I'm on top of the world. I used to take alpha brain before bed every night and I would, uh, listen to lucid dreaming tracks like hemisync and like different guided lucid dreaming tracks that would help me like recognize that i was in a dream Hmm. it was pretty interesting it's been years like you're looking for a conscious state in your yeah nice ever since i've had kids i didn't have time to mess with (laughs) any of that stuff anymore but it was fun have you been successful yeah, I've noticed a couple of times. And one of the big things somebody mentioned was look at your hands in a dream. And that way you'll realize that like you're dreaming. And the one time I was able to do that, my hand, my fingers looked like they were like 12 inches long and like super cur- like curvy. Each finger was like swirly or whatever. It was crazy. Really? I didn't That's know how that. I realized that I was in a dream. I've always heard that you can't, you you never know what time it is. Like there's no clocks in dreams or something like that. I've never thought to think of the time. Yeah. Try try <laughs> that. Give that a shot. See, because I've, that's what I've heard. I don't know. I've, I've never tried to lucid dream. I've always, I've heard that if you try to lucid dream, there's a good chance you can lose grip on reality and you'll think you're in a dream in the real world and do some dumb shit. So I've, it kind of scares me. <laughs> I've, I've actually had a few lucid dreams. Really? Uh, yeah. So you, and every, every police officer will tell you this, you, you have these recurring, what we call cop dreams where like, you, get, you can't get your gun out the holster or you pull your gun and you can't pull the trigger or you are firing at the suspect that's trying to kill you and you see it hitting the target, but it's not stopping them. So, Dude, uh, I've had so many of those kind of dreams. I've never been a cop. That's so weird. So, so usually there's, there's some subconscious stuff that, that goes in, in like yeah. training. And so you're, what you're doing is you're telling yourself, I don't feel trained enough. I need to go do something. Yeah. Go, but anyway, what usually happens for me is like, I'll see it hitting the target. And I'm like, wait, this isn't real. I must be dreaming. And then I realized, oh shit, I'm dreaming. So then I all of a sudden I have like abilities where like I'll make myself appear behind them and do. You know, oh it's man, that's awesome! <laughs> what? Ever since Dude, I've had those lucid shit, dreams, <laughs> um, those cop dreams completely stopped. Completely. 
It's it's weird. I don't know why or what, but it was it's crazy. What do you yeah. think that dreams mean where your weapons never work? Because I've had so many dreams like that. Do you so know how many fights I've, I've lost in dreams. You can just yeah. the same way. <laughs> well, you throw yeah. you, like, you throw a punch and you just like miss every time. Yeah. My gun never works in any dreams either. Yeah. Like every time I try to pull the trigger, it doesn't fucking work. Damn, that's strange. Yeah. So what I they? Think what, it, I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, Jeffrey, go ahead. Yeah. Jump in. No, I was just gonna say. I, I think it's. I think it's one of those you're trying to control. It, everybody's dreams mean different stuff. Like if you're running slowly away from something, but they're running fast to you. It's or you know, like pulling your gun out and it's not working. I think it's like your unconscious mind trying to basically control the uncontrollable. Like in real life, it's a subconscious or unconscious expression of that. It's like trying to control something that's that's somewhat uncontrollable. I could be completely wrong because I'm not a dream analysis type guy, but it seems like, yeah, I don't know. I could be. Yeah, it makes sense. No, it's spot on, dude. Yeah. Yeah. Because your brain doesn't know what's going to happen once you pull that trigger, but you assume you know what happens, but your assumptions are not in your dreams. Do you guys? Did I mean I've been dealing with it for years since I was a kid. Flying. You guys fly in your dreams at all? I've only had one flying dream. I talked about it on here like several episodes back and it was like one of the coolest dreams I ever had. It was insane how, how realistic it felt. And I've always wanted to fly in dreams that have never happened, but I, and it was ridiculous. I was wearing like a Superman costume. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> Makes sense. But <laughs> dude, it was fun. I got on one roof and I remember like, all right, I'm going, and I pushed off and I jumped up and I just, I went, man, it was freaking unexplainable and so awesome. <laughs> I'm, I'm curious, Jeffrey, what, what triggered it for you? Like the, the flying dream? Do you know, it's, uh, I, I think I've spoken about it on other podcasts. Okay. For me, it was, um, it was really weird, quite frankly. Um, I would dream, I could only, it was like, I would swim. Like it was, I could only go like five or 10 feet off the ground. Wow. And I, if I remember correctly, there was this, where I was born and raised, there was this motorcycle club on the corner and I was trying to escape them. This is when I was fucking small, but I could just swim away from it. I would just be kind of out of their reach. But as I got older, it was super dope because I started like, it got to a point where I would fly kind of high, but then I would be super scared. Like, what if I lose my flight power? And I think again, extrapolating what, how that was related to like my real life, I could easily do that. Cause I was like, man, I'm doing this cool thing, but what if, what if something fucks up, something happens to fuck it up. And then as I started kind of doing cool, cooler shit and got more comfortable in my skin, I was like that guy in those fucking flight suits, like the, uh, Wing the suit. rocket, the wingsuit, no. like the rocket man, I went fucking, yeah. I'm flying like a fucking, I'm skimming the water on shit, awesome, doing loops man. in the air. So it was just kind of weird how, it, I, I think everybody has to individually uh, look at like, like flight for me, I think was about just doing shit in life. And the more scared I was, the less higher I could fly, the more comfortable I got in my own skin, I was able to do, and I could be completely wrong because I'm not a dream analyst, but I do kind of correspond like my, my flight successes with what I was doing in life. And it, for me, it just seemed like I just got more comfortable in my own skin and it translated into my dreams where I was able to fly like a fucking, you know, like a F-15 or whatever the fuck. So. <laughs> That's badass. Do, do you ever, let me ask you this. You ever have like a, like a nightmare where things are going bad in life and it's like, all right, time to get out of here. And you just, you can't get out and they catch you. They never catch me. They never catch me, which I guess is good. But I've definitely had that like, yeah, I need to dip. This is this isn't cool. Yeah, I don't. I'm scared to fly, so I don't. I never have flying dreams. I, I have a lot of like. I've had a bunch of falling dreams where you, you know you jump out of bed and you're like, no, oh, that's God. a weird feeling. I hate that. Yeah, 
where you feel like you're falling, you catch yourself and yeah. wake up. Yeah. And again, I don't think I'm not a dream analyst, but I think part of that is like I've heard, I've heard people talk about falling again. Something else is going on in your life that you have no control of, and then it plays out in your dreams, where it's like you know falling. You have no fucking control of that. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Or that makes sense. Yeah, I mean, again, I. Like anything else, you read one fucking book, it says this is the information, and then this other book says, no, this is the... So it's like, you kind of take it with a grain of salt, but I think, you know, like, if you dream about XYZ all the time, you have to look at, like, what does this symbol mean in my life kind of thing to kind of make meaning out of it? But who knows? Fucking, it's it's the dream world. It's who knows? It could mean absolutely nothing. (laughs) Yeah, you're you're better off just interpreting your own dreams. Fight your own demons. Yeah. I've had tons of falling dreams my whole life, and uh, I don't know if it corresponds directly, but memory-wise, like, I finally was able to start controlling my fall in my dreams to where I knew I wasn't going to hit the ground, and I started, or I skydived half a dozen times maybe 10 years ago, and I feel like it corresponded around that time where i was able to actually control my fall in my dreams and like i just thought about that now like it had to have been around that same time that i wasn't scared anymore when i was falling in the dreams because you fall in real life do you guys write stuff down in your dreams like when you wake up and you're like what the fuck do you write it down because i think that helps because we often i i forget shit i'll wake up like the other day i had a crazy dream i woke up and i had no idea but i knew it was crazy and I yeah, should have wrote it down. That. Keeping a dream yeah. journal. Yeah. I've yeah. About that. I really should. It sounds very 12 year old girlish, but I think it could work. You've been talking about that for a while. The dream journal thing. Like this is something you should definitely do. Yeah. Yeah. I, have. I don't know. Sometimes I have some weird dreams where I'm just like, I'm just going to forget about that one. <laughs> <laughs> Those My, are the ones you remember. And that was weird. Okay. What the hell was Abraham Lincoln doing there? <laughs> <laughs> I had so many reoccurring, like a reoccurring dream. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck you, Gwinnett. Um, I had a reoccurring dream when I was like um, preteen and then into my teenage years where I, I would be on a motorcycle where I could not control it whatsoever, but it was going. And I grew up around motorcycles. My dad always had at least one bike and uh, uncle had one. Like we, they were just always around. I rode on the back with my dad, no problem. But um, I always had a, this weird thing where like I'm on the damn bike. I see my family go past me and like, shit, now I'm on my own. I'm trying to figure out how to operate this thing. But somehow it stays up because otherwise, I mean, if I don't know how to ride a bike, obviously I would drop it too. But it stays up and it's just going. I have no control over where it's going. So I told my dad about that too early on, and he was trying to get me um, used to it by running a motorcycle by myself. And then at my grandparents' house, I got on my, I believe it was my uncle's bike. It was a big-ass bike because he's a big guy. And he was trying to show me how to pilot it basically by myself, drive by myself, a little reaching there. Um, and I got on the damn thing, lost control, and it went all, almost hit the back of my uh, grandpa's truck. And I like created my situation in real life. And I was like, oh shit, this is so freaky. And um, I almost smashed it into uh, my back of my dad, my grandpa's uh, truck. But eventually my dad kept working with me and I, I got to, um, Jesus, David, <laughs> so ungraceful. I got to where I could um, ride a motorcycle with my dad and my brother. And we were all, we'd all ride together. And I broke it, got my own bike later on. And I got rid of that fear, but that fear used to really haunt the shit out of me. Like it, it was like, I'd wake up like, holy, like terrified. Like, I can't believe that happened again. It was such a, a long drawn out freaky experience. 
But one good thing about all this flying I want to talk about is I want to brag on my brother here. <laughs> this man has been flying. He just got his pilot's license recently, and he's pursuing it deeper and deeper. You got you what? got it. It's official. I have my private pilot's license. Uh, no so, yeah, so I'm I'm technically a pilot, even though I, I still oh, like a student. Congratulations. Uh, I am awesome. currently working my way through my instrument, which means I can fly in the clouds, which I thought that there was no way I could love it anymore. But the second you pop through the clouds for the first time, dude, that is bliss. Man. What are you so flying? My hands are sweating just thinking about it, dude. I, I hate to fly. What was that? What are you flying? Uh, just a Cessna 172 right now. Okay. I listen to Bill Burr all the time, and he's been doing, uh, he's been getting his helicopter, or he's had his helicopter license, but he's been That's talking awesome. about helicopter forever. And I've always wanted to do that, but just haven't. Yeah. You want to do the helicopter flying? Yeah. 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 That's what I want and to do too. No, well, back awesome. in the day, he's, he's kind of a closet conspiracy theorist, even though he kind of shits on him. Like, getting back to his old, old specials he would like he would talk about getting uh, a helicopter license he was joking he'd be like i just want to be able to open my garage or open the roof to my garage he'd be like dut, 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 if something crazy <laughs> goes down whereas a plane you got to have a fucking runway and shit but a helicopter yeah. you just like pop that roof and just like you're out of there type shit mm-hmm. yeah they're they're both badass in different ways and uh i've always loved both of them and i got a the major erection once uh Detective Stan Strong actually got his little, his license. I was like, damn, that's so badass, dude. I got a friend that's a pilot, bro. We're ready to hit for shit to hit the fan. I'm ready. Let's do it. I'm gonna shoot out the side. JP's gonna be terrified in the back. We're gonna do it. I'm not going. We're gonna sedate. Going. We're gonna sedate JP. He won't know that he's on there. I've been trying to get JP to skydive with me forever now, but uh, dude, I'm in. Will you? Yes. Can we do it out of your own plane and just let it go? <laughs> it's a rental. Can we monetize that? <laughs> Damn right we will. <laughs> TikTok, where are you at? Man, I can't do it. Yeah, I'm. Uh, I, I, well, I have so much respect for for whether it's Cessnas, regular planes, or if you will, or uh, helicopters. The pre-flight check like yeah. takes apparently forever, which is smart, way. obviously. Yeah, you got to make sure that thing's a one, or it's you're in yeah. some trouble. That's your life. Yeah, that's your yeah. life. So with with those kind of a planes, those little Cessnas that you're flying, like what happens if? all shit goes to the hell on that thing and you your gear won't come down do you just bail on it and so, jump out so the ones i have actually have a fixed gear but um, oh that's cool yeah no man you um you set for best glide speed and you find a field that looks straight and uh, flat enough for you which in Put it down. where i'm at is easy yeah. but here would be probably difficult uh, and yeah, you go east it there's wide open yeah yeah you yeah you just glide it on in you actually do a simulated engine failure all the way down to the ground um really during training and it, it's just like any other landing as long as you know what you're doing um now the cool thing about the one without um if, if you like your like you said your gear stuck you actually just belly that thing all the way in wow. it's actually better because the gear will get stuck in the dirt and you'll you'll flip and you want it to flip no you do not want it to oh. flip. that's why you just leave the gear up and you just belly oh it okay so you yeah. leave the gear and go in the belly that's yeah it. that's wild man how much do one of those those things weigh uh the 172s uh Empty weight is like 2,800 pounds. Okay, um, that's pretty light. Yeah. Lighter than yeah. a car. Yeah. yeah. That's crazy. I can't wait to go up. He told me uh, yesterday, he's like, hey, if we can find a little small airstrip around here, we can go rent a plane and go up. I'm like, it's true. Right, I'm a license. bunch. What? Yeah. Probably There's a bunch. So exciting. Yeah. Dude, even so, the, a lot of the farmers around here have their own planes and they just yeah. like do like this quick little like dive crop dust and they go yep. and do a quick loop. And it's like right in this one little field. That's awesome. That's right, awesome. right above the road. I see them yeah. all the time going that's, to work. That's the next career change for me, hopefully, is to be a pilot. So nice. Let me ask yeah. you this. How do you feel about a hot air balloon? So I, I will absolutely, I'm fascinated by anything aviation. Anything that flies, dude, I'm into it. 
Um, now, stressing me out, bro. Yeah. Stressing me out, bro. Now, the thing about a hot air balloon that that stresses me out is you can control up and down, from what I understand, and that's pretty much it. Yeah, yeah. really. So it's just you're wind. catching you're catching wind. Yeah, so you're yeah. sailing basically. So Jen and I's first episode is going to be about hot air balloons, and we're gonna. There's a lot of companies around here that do it. We're gonna interview a hot air balloon pilot. I'm looking out right now to see who I can find that has the longest career in the in the area awesome. that has the most interesting stories and then we're going to go up in the hot air balloon so that's actually our first episode and it's going to be part of our intro so we're going to be doing that shortly so if y'all want to that, join that'll us. be interesting i've always i've always wondered how you control which way you go in a hot air balloon and i just was listening to i, I just heard in a book they were talking about it and he said basically at different altitudes the winds blow in different directions you know so you just kind of get at the right altitude you want and ride the current the direction you want basically but that makes sense how they do it up here because every time they come up here they kind of take off in one area and then they kind of just follow the rocky mountain trail and then they go down about maybe 20 30 yards 20 30 miles from there and it seems like the same course every time so that makes makes sense how the wind works yeah, in the summertime you see them like every day yeah yeah there's hotter balloons every day and, and they just land in, in random fields you know they just get their stuff and get out real quick it's cool picnic in the clouds yeah <laughs> you're down to do it jp hell we're gonna no, do it hell i want to no. base jump out of one i yeah, think that'd I be so much fun yeah. off of one of those guys. i just want to jump out with a wingsuit or just a parachute like jp and i are like polar opposites of this <laughs> i want to push the envelope with um heights and jp's like wants to go in the basement <laughs> <laughs> if you want to go fast on the ground i'm all about that yeah okay. just do top, top speeds I'll, I'll do some dumb shit on top speed true story on the ground Fun fact, uh, Fast and the Furious movies are actually based on JP's life, so there's that. <laughs> Family. <laughs> he likes the speed. Yeah, you guys rented like a little, I want to say a three-wheeler, but I know it's not. What was that called? No, that wasn't a rent. That was uh, his sister-in-law's friend. It's like a all Raptor? The, all the um, slingshot. Yeah, the slingshot. Oh, oh cool. nice. Yeah, cool, that was yeah. fun. That was a fun day. Yeah, I'm going to... I know I have a picture or somebody that I'm going to put that in this episode because I'm going to yeah. do like a little montage thing at the end of this. As yeah. in, as All the memories. Yeah. <laughs> I'm seriously going to do it. There's going to be some sentimental shit in this episode. You can only imagine. Yeah. <laughs> I, I remember I called him and I was like, hey, I'm going to come pick you up right now. And he was sitting on the front porch and I pulled up and he just lit up. He's like, did Batman just pull up? <laughs> Dude, I was like a little kid. I was so excited. It was like the Batmobile pulled up. It was fun. That was a lot of fun. That thing was crazy. And we got a lot of attention. We went through like downtown Longmont and some other areas. And they had a rally going on. Yeah, protests down there. Guns. There was like yeah, it pro was against... guns on one side of the street, anti guns on the other side of the wow. street. They're all holding up signs. Literally <laughs> across the street, downtown Longmont, they had uh, guys with AR strapped to them and all their like, fuck you guys for this first amendment and then everybody else on the side you guys are monsters and like anti-guns and shit. <laughs> they just had a shootout they'd all be over <laughs> it was hilarious and we were like just pushing the podcast slinging business cards <laughs> <laughs> well, we'll get your side too we'll get your side yeah give us that AR. it's awesome that was but day. it was a fun time um so i do want to go to a quick segment we're going to take a break um our buddy diamond diamond dave generation Z, dave zed it's got a million names from us he couldn't make it there in a winter vortex in Toronto, and he had to go get supplies recently, and they're just kind of holding it down in the winter. But he sent us a sentimental video that I haven't watched yet. I was waiting for JP. So we're going to play that now, and then we're going to react to it. Then we'll go from here, guys. Let's hit it. Y'all ready? Nice. Let's do it. 
this is a very, very special thank you uh, to the folks at the Truth or Theory podcast. I have to say that from the very beginning of me starting my show, uh, Generation Z podcast, uh, the Truth or Theory folks have been nothing but loving, supportive, and encouraging of every single thing that I've done on my end. And I am extremely, extremely grateful, proud, and 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 truthfully uh, eternally grateful honestly to have to have met you guys uh, i could not have gone through the initial i guess you could say wave of growing the show if it wasn't for you guys uh, this is something you guys don't even know but there was a point where i was going to quit the show and uh, you, you guys event uh, i thought of you guys and i thought you know what if they can keep chugging along so can i so i mean uh, without getting overly uh, emotional uh, you guys are some of the nicest people greatest people i've ever come across with and have had the pleasure of speaking with uh, doing uh, some light researching with and just chatting with to be quite honest with you so I wish you guys nothing but the best in your pursuits moving forward and if there is anything that I can do in any way shape or form please please let me know thank you so so much guys All right, we just heard Diamond Dave's message to us. JP, you start, brother. Man, I, I like that guy, man. I, I, I want to meet him in person. I, I, I'm going to go to Canada. You going to Canada, he man? He comes here, I go there or something. I got to meet this guy. <laughs> you can't go to Canada. I got to yeah, see him in person. Well, they probably won't. <laughs> but he, he said he comes here once in a while. Yeah, and he's he's trying real hard to um, to come to come visit us, too. We're going to go to a comedy show when he comes. Um, we're still working on that. I think all the stuff with COVID's messing shit up, but, and then I lost the house. We were going to have him stay with us too, but, um, we're going to figure it out. And diamond Dave, we can't wait to have you and host you in the States, brother. Thank you for the sweet message. Absolutely. Ever since I've gotten off my medicine, I get a super emotional. So that shit almost made me cry, brother. So I appreciate you. Cheers, Cheers to you. Man. It's good, man. Cheers. Congrats. Yeah. Cheers. Thanks. Whatever. Um, Carlisle, i call you out, sweetheart. You, uh, you have a comedy. <laughs> you had a comedy night tonight. She so couldn't make it, but I did give her the option to send a video, and she didn't send a damn video. So mm. she probably didn't understand what you were saying. Okay. <laughs> it was it was in a text message, <laughs> so you couldn't hear my accent or in my speech impediment. So I was able to get rid of all that in the text. Uh, she's so. like, I'll be there, and he's like, send a video, and she's like, actually, I have a show. I just want to give a shout out to Carlisle, though. She was our first female guest ever. We went like, I don't know, like eight episodes or nine episodes where we were only getting guys. We're like, damn, we need to get a woman on here. We look like some sexist bastards. But um, <laughs> so we contacted her and she was down to do it. And she started our uh, Untimely Deaths of Hollywood Actresses little series that we started. And mm -hmm. That was a really good episode. Yeah. yeah she, Marilyn yeah. Monroe. That was yeah, like was awesome. interesting. I didn't realize a lot of that stuff. Yeah. She came with the heat. She studied yeah. better than I did. Oh, yeah. she Yeah. Whenever <laughs> she good. we give her a task, man, she comes 100 miles per hour with it. It's awesome. And um, she's already agreed to come on to the next show that we do or any other shows that we do. She's she's a lifelong friend. So cheers to you, Carlisle. We appreciate you being our first woman guest. And sorry you couldn't make it for this thing, but hopefully you're killing it and making people laugh in whatever show you're doing right now in L.A. Yeah, to women. <laughs> <laughs> They're proud of man. That's awesome. Uh, you got me right on the sip. To women. <laughs> yes, to the women of the truth or theory world. What would we do without the women? Um, yeah. So what else, guys? What else do y'all want to talk about, man? We we don't have topics tonight. We're just gonna share bizarre stories and 
introspective ideas and all this good stuff. Well, can I chime? Can I react to uh, Zed's message? Yes. yes. No, yes. no, absolutely not. We're done. I know. <laughs> We're talking about Cut his bike. Bottom down. No, I just, I, I think that's really cool, man. I've, I've met him, not met him, but I, I've had him on our show and we've talked offline and stuff. And even just getting those kind of messages like that, like, how cool is that? Yeah. Like when you get feedback and again, it, whatever it's the show we do, you don't me personally. And I, I don't know if I'm speaking for you guys, but you, I, I just feel like I'm just talking into this microphone into my office, maybe talking to my co-host or maybe a guest. You just, for me, I just never really get and internalize the ripple effect that our voice has. You know what I mean? Not that we know it all or we're changing the world, but it's fucking insane how, even the little bit sometimes that we do has such an effect. You just never know who it's having an effect on. And I know uh, he's in the genre and produces podcasts and stuff like that, but I'm assuming you guys get messages from people that might've heard your show. I mean, long story short, man, it's just crazy that, you know, sometimes we just think we're just toiling in obscurity and man, what are we doing this for? And all it takes is a cool message like that, or just a message from somebody. And again, it sounds cliche, you know, even if you're just, affecting or one person is hearing it and it's maybe changing their perspective or maybe how they see the world for me. And again, I'm not speaking for everyone. That's, that's really all you can really ask for. I mean, to just yeah. get that kind of positive feedback on how maybe what you've done, you know, you've helped you know, with, with uh, him, he was thinking about quitting and watching yeah. you guys, he changed his fucking MO and didn't quit. So it's just, you just never know who you're affecting with your message, with your show, with your platform. And I told somebody the other day, cause they were like, I want to do a podcast and this and that. I'm like, just don't chase the numbers. Don't chase the likes, et cetera, et cetera. If you have a passion for what you're doing, it's going to translate and people are going to listen to it. Even if, you know, nope, none of us are going to do fucking Joe Rogan numbers, but it's not about that. It's sometimes it's just about reaching one, two, half dozen or whatever amount of people. So I don't know. I think it's really cool that he yeah, said that well to you said. guys, yeah. and I echo those same sentiments, man. It's, it, yeah, it's Jeffrey, I'm, I'm, you, you're one of the my favorite motivational speakers, man. You, um, <laughs> when you were on my solo show, you went on a rant towards the end about something. I was like, damn, dude, that you like really moved me and inspired the shit out of me. Like, and that just did too. Like, you, you're so good at that stuff. It's one of your specialties for sure. You speak from the heart, and it translates well. And it just, I can see in Jeremy's face too. He's like. And he said what he said earlier too, where everybody's motivated by what you say. And it's just, it's awesome, man. It's a great quality to have. Well, and I, I appreciate that, man. It's just, I just, I don't know, man. I was just talking to my girl a little bit ago. Every, everyone in, I'm sorry, I don't mean to go off on a fucking rant, but we're, we're, it, we're so often, we, we're so oftentimes motivated and define ourselves by our external experiences. I'm a mm -hmm. fucking, I'm a doctor. I'm a black belt in Taekwondo. I've been married 30 years, whatever position, whatever thing that, in our life that we're doing, we, we allow it to oftentimes define who we are. And anyway, it's, it's, uh, I, I just think it's, I think it's awesome, man. Cause I, I hear people talking about podcasts and there's an ocean of podcasts and there are, man, there's, if you want to talk about blueberry muffins, there's a blueberry muffin fucking podcast out there. Hell but as long yeah. as you have a voice and a passion for what you do, you're going to reach other people. And even if it's one or two people, that's all that really fucking matters, man. I, I just, I don't know. I think it's really cool that he said that to you guys and you guys, I, I, 
I hope you guys don't go anywhere. I hope you guys do come back in some different iteration or whatever, because all voices are needed. Everybody has a fucking lane here. Yep. And we're living in absolutely crazy times, and we're all trying to just get stuff off our chest, man. I talked to my good friend, Sam Tripoli, who I think you guys know and watch his shows. Mm-hmm. We were talking about how therapeutic podcasting is for him. You know, E. Willie, with whatever you're going through, any of us, fuck, man. I just fucking lost my daughter's mom. I just buried her a few weeks ago. It's like, life yeah, is crazy man. right now, man. Life is fucking crazy. And if you want to put your voice out there, that takes a lot of balls to do that. But again, never underestimate how how much you could affect people by having your voice and by getting your voice out there. I don't know if any of that makes sense, but I think it was really cool what he said. And I echo those sentiments. Thank you guys for doing what you do for these hundred episodes and please continue to do what you're doing, man. Cause all these voices are, have value. Yep. Yeah. If you don't mind, I'd like to respond to that as a listener and as a non podcaster, uh, and just show how much this community has meant to me. Uh, one day I tweeted, if I could have dinner with any four people, it would be, I don't remember the order, but Jeffrey Wilson, Monica <laughs> Perez, Sam Tripoli, and Charlie Robinson. Yeah. <laughs> and every single one of them liked my tweet. That's what this community is like. Like they all care about, the people that listen to their shows and and they show that they go out of their way to like a tweet or respond to a tweet i think some of them retweeted it um your show is how i found monica perez when she was on truth or theory the first time and because of that i ended up being in their discord and i found a community of people that are like-minded like me and actually last week I ended up spending New Year's Eve at midnight toasting with two people in the voice or the video chat of the uh, propaganda report discord, like having drinks with them. And that was my New Year's Eve was with propaganda report discord people because I found them through your podcast. That's so awesome, Jeremy. That's so awesome awesome. to hear. I don't know if I can quit the show. (laughs) I don't don't know if I can quit the show now, man. Are we doing another hundred, brother? We doing it? Fuck, let's do a whole group of guys right now. Yeah, we all both have mentioned the most important thing in life, right? So it's community. So you know, this day and age is so hard to find a group of like-minded people that you can have that community with, you know. Because most, well, yeah, most of us here, we grew up in the South and in the South, it's a community-based lifestyle. You know, we're different than everywhere else in the United States. Um, Just on how we, we don't have counties, we have parishes. You know, this is different because we want community of people. The more people we have together, the better and stronger we'll be. And it's nice because through this podcast and others like it, we get to find people that, you know, our hearts sing the same song. And that's really nice because we can all, okay, cool. Someone else is thinking what I'm thinking. I'm not fucking crazy. Like this yeah. is not all <laughs> so true. They're it's not true, coming man. after me. I'm not alone. So yeah. you guys hit it really the nail on the head with the whole community thing. Cause I'm right there with you. You know, I found the prop report through these guys, you know, I was like, who is this lady? She, she really knows what she's saying. You know, the whole Monica perspective and, and then I got to find like Sam Tripoli and all of them and I listened to them and you know, I haven't had 
the honor to meet those guys yet, but it's still something that's really good because it helps you realize that you're not alone. You're part of something bigger. So the fact that you guys would bring in community behind it is that, you know, you can be as different as you want, but you're really, there are other people like you, which is not. Well, and and touching on what you just said, bro. And I've noticed this even with the quote unquote normies or people who aren't even in this alternative media world. We're not alone, dude. Right. Everyone is smelling it like a fart in a fucking car. Something is wrong. Something is off. And again, whether you're in this podcast world of alternative kind of information, all this other shit, views of history, et cetera. That's why I'm saying you guys, your voice has value. Every voice has value because every collective voice is honestly, whether we say it, we might say it in different ways. Sam might be talking about, hey, the fucking earth is flat or whatever, you know, not even to get into that, but we're all (laughs) sensing that something is off. We've been lied to over and over again. That's kind of the frustrating part that I see of everything. It's like, you know, people who are, I don't, I'm sorry, I don't mean to turn this into an episode of like vaccines and shit like that, but we're no, suffering from like mass, want, yeah, we're, we're, we're suffering from like literally mass Stockholm syndrome. We're seeing the, seeing the world that we've known and grown up in change in such a short period of time. They've been lying to us forever, but it is so next level right now. But it seems to me that more and more people are, 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 are waking up. Not enough, obviously, because we're still seeing people lining up for fucking boosters and whatever else. But, you know, honestly, things like the Joe Rogan podcast with the Dr. McCullough and the Dr. Maloney. Joe Rogan has fucking weight, man. And slowly but surely, that shit's going to seep out on how we've all been played on all of this COVID vaccine shit. But my long story short is, your, your normal folks are starting to wake up to it. So the, the more voices that can come out and be like, you know what, this is some bullshit. I think it's, it's going to serve as a very good purpose as time goes on. But I, mean, I don't know. I, they're, they're censoring so many voices, et cetera, et cetera. But long story short, people are getting, it's, it's impacting people what we're doing. And yeah. I, One thing that's good is that the amount of censoring that they they are doing now is hurting them more than helping. Um, I mean, like you said, Joe Rogan, for example, you know, he has more views than any cable network out there. Mm-hmm. You know, he's doing better than all of them. And the fact that for them to um, mute him, they have to make it publicly known, you know? So everyone is saying, well, why, why are they muting someone on the Joe Rogan podcast? Cause they are definitely people that listen to Joe Rogan that are not as open-minded. And, and even and even outside of the podcast world, like we've talked about, I've interviewed Dell Bigtree. Who, I don't know if you guys know who that is, the guy who did unvaccinated or whatever it was. But anyway, we're all starting to realize, wait a minute, you can shoot me up with this shit. I can have an adverse reaction. But there were laws placed 20 years ago against suing these companies. You know what I mean? It's like, again, all of that is starting to slowly wake people up. It's like, wow, why can't I sue you? Huh. Or Pfizer saying, we're not going to be able to, or whatever company it was, you're not going to be able to view our records on the impact of this for 55, 60 years, like it's the Kennedy assassination. Jeez, to me, that reeks of somebody who's trying to fucking hide something. And like you just said, Mm -hmm. this is public information. This isn't information you have to dig for. But again, you know, these celebrities who are double vaxxed and boosted still getting it, it's slowly starting to seep out that this is some straight up bullshit. And is it going to prevent 
what we know this is, this fourth industrial revolution moving into this whole new kind of aspect of society and how we do things, I don't know. But I think it's with voices like ours, man, as small as they might be, they're sleeping, seeping into these nooks and crannies in addition to the public information about not being able to sue these companies and adverse effects. Gee, wait a minute. So many kids now, you, you guys just introduced the vaccines for kids, whatever it was, five to 16, and you're seeing overwhelming, overwhelming hospitalizations of these kids, and you're saying it's because they're unvaxxed? Go fuck yourself. We know what it is. We know why these European football players are falling out left and right. So, I mean, again, it's, it's a slow roll. Nothing's going to happen overnight. Agenda 21 wasn't just for 2021. It's for the 21st century. We're in the infant stages of some, a long-term game plan. But again, every voice that we have has value to get this word out, man. You don't got to be Joe Roden, Rogan and don't expect no. yourself to be because yeah. everybody has their little niche communities that is hearing this dissenting information. And I'm hoping it's going to hopefully make a difference, man. Yeah, if I could, if I could feed into that, man, and, and that's that's very well said. And, and what it makes me think is, don't for a second take for granted the small ripples in the pond that you all have created by giving people these voices, because you don't know what those ripples are going to then affect other people. Mm -hmm. um, yes, and that that's how you you create a tidal wave of change, man. And so, no doubt, to tie it all back together into you guys, y'all did a, some amazing work, even though it doesn't feel like it. Uh, you know, I, I, thank you. Appreciate that, man. Yeah, I have a confession. I feel a little bad. You guys keep mentioning Joe Rogan. Um, he asked to come on this episode, <laughs> <laughs> and I, I said I, I kind of have a full booked guest list right now. But um, maybe if we come back, we'll have you on or something. I don't know. Joe, but Joe, who? Yeah, Joe Hogan. Uh, sorry, Joe guys. Hogan. That's Joe Hogan. Yeah. Hey, I have to tell you this, and I have to suck my own dick for a second. My name was actually mentioned on the Joe Rogan podcast when Pat was on there. So sometimes I'll just go on and like, Jeffrey Wilson. I remember that. Jeffrey Wilson. Yeah. Jeffrey Wilson. Bro, Jeffrey Wilson. Bro, let's, let's not test that right now. You're going to be a, a guest on the Joe Rogan podcast. Oh, yeah. I'm I highly doubt that. Nice. I highly doubt that. That's the episode that got me to start listening to the Conspiracy Farm. So oh, thanks to yeah. Joe Rogan that led to all of it i guess that's really cool i want to give a shout out to p hud too um y'all mentioned monica in the uh, propaganda report earlier i had no idea what, who monica was or the propaganda report p hud called me up one night and said hey i got this lady i think would be an awesome guest for you You should try to get her on the show nice so i reached out to her that night and she got back to me the same night and then we got her scheduled so i would have never known the propaganda report if it wasn't for p hud so thank you for your jerky thank you for the great guest and friendship brother. <laughs> You know, that's actually a, a really great idea because me and the wife, we, we talk about Monica like she's at our dinner table with us. So thank you. <laughs> each yeah. one, teach yeah. one, baby. There it is. There it is. Teach one. Here we go. And JP for uh, Diamond Dave, Dave Zed, he found him and sent him, me his YouTube channel. I was like, hey, I think this guy would be a cool guest too. Oh, and yeah. then now he's our boyfriend. We share him. <laughs> There's so many. I mean, dude, that's what's so cool, man. People talk about it being oversaturated. I so disagree, man. That the free market will decide if you mm -hmm. want to open to have a podcast. People are going to listen to it or not listen to it. That's just how the free market is. But yeah. honestly, again, man, hundred episodes. It's a testament to you guys, and I know you guys don't have your head in the fucking sand. One of the well, part of the reason that we've kind of paused the cause on the conspiracy farm. So as many people know, my my co-host Pat went to D.C. on January sixth. 
didn't do shit wrong, was literally just there, but that didn't stop him from receiving a visit from the FBI talking about, I know who you are, I know about your show, et cetera, et cetera. But again, um, you guys are doing this in the face of, of serious, serious blowback. And one of those blowbacks is, you know, this, this legislation of potential, um, what do they call it? Uh, domestic terrorism. Mm-hmm. And people who do what we do, I can guarantee you are going to be on that list. So again, you know, it's, I, I, I take what we do very seriously. And I, I tell people like, if you're going to jump into the, put your foot into these fucking waters, buckle the fuck up, man. Cause this, whether you try to monetize it or not, or it's just a hobby, what you're saying and what you're doing is going out there algorithmically. And it's going to be, you know, you can easily be placed on this list. They're trying to make parents going to school board meetings, potential domestic terrorists. You know what I mean? That's real shit. Yeah, we so had Pat, you- we had Pat on the following week of that shit too, man. Because I was so pissed off by how they were spinning that stuff. I wanted him to come on and say like the true side of it. And then we had Christy Mayer on as well, who was there as well, um, and she had a different perspective. But dude, they spun that shit so twisted. And then they just did a speech the other day on the January sixth of twenty twenty two to honor it like it was 9-11 or Pearl Harbor. Yes. Like, yeah. what the fuck, you guys, This the propaganda in that was so gross, man. It was just, it was so transparent I was, what was I, going I, on. I was just saying, so you know on 9-11, they read off the thousands of names, right? And it's very sad that those people died. Mm-hmm. But no, you're absolutely right because they're trying to treat it like 9-11. So when I punched on YouTube last night, there was a live, whatever, some Congress people were outside mm-hmm. of, of the Capitol steps. Nancy? <laughs> I forget who it was, but it's like, all right, we're going to read off the people who died here. Yeah. Is that TikTok? <laughs> and, they, and it's almost nothing. They have to lie to say these two dudes who wound up dying a couple to equate it to 9-11 and Pearl Harbor. So fucking irresponsible. But they, like you said, they tried to play it like it's a commemoration of 9-11 where they read everybody's names. And they couldn't even do that because there was no names to be fucking read. Literally, yep. nobody died there other than that Ashley or the the Babbitt chick. I, and I'm not minimizing her death. That sucks. Right. But you can't compare it to thousands. It's, it's, they, it was. They it all was tried another, to jump it, in on that shit too. AOC, oh no! Fuck yeah! She oh, tried dear. to play victim and say that she was locked in her office and terrified. And turn, turns out, once they found out the real truth, she was in a different like wing of the building that wasn't even on the same address. She was like in a different building across the street. Yes. Yeah. It, They're it, all it, trying again, to capitalize it, on it. Yep. it. It's another fucking psyop that mm-hmm. we have to deconstruct and be like, Jesus Christ, how are you not? How are you not seeing through this, guys? You know what I mean? It was clearly, I mean, whatever. I, it's, I, I don't know, man. And I, I, I don't, I don't want to speak for you guys or anybody else, but it's just like one of the reasons. Another reasons why we kind of pause doing the show. It's like. I'm still trying to get my my mind around what the fuck is all going on right now. Yeah, it's the 21st you know I mean? century. We, it, it is, man. It is. And we spent so many years talking about what could happen. And, you know, we're all like, yeah, man, it could be this. It could be that. But now that we are seeing a lot of it happen, I'm still, dude, my mouth, I got to, like, close my fucking mouth because I'm just like, I can't fucking believe this, man. Well, they want you to feel like the metaverse is the safe space you can go to. <laughs> well, it, it, no, you, no, you're absolutely right. And that's down the line. But I think here. William Casey, former head of the CIA, said we will have one when everything everyone believes is false or something to that effect. And that is exactly where we're at right now. 
You know what I mean? We all know that the NDAA, one of the last iterations of the NDAA, made it legal to begin using propaganda on the American citizens. They were doing it anyway for decades, but now it became legal to what, do so. Do you know what? When was that? Was that Whoa. not the Smith Munt Amendment? This lady? Yes, yes, <laughs> it was. You are right. Monica, you can't just jump in and just I got to just jump in. in. I mean, come way. on, you guys are going no, strong. I'm going to slow you down. That's not going to work. You're you by doing, far the, the favorite female host, guest, anything you could think of. One of the favorites of all time. Nice. You, you have we have a huge there's so many people out I know that have crushes on you that, that love you that you're, thank you're god for the for zoom show. touch up my appearance feature like jeremy waves his hand <laughs> yeah everybody loves you monica thank you so much awesome. for coming we thanks for having this. me all right is this cocktail hour it is yes. always but white trash version we're all drinking random shit oh hard, hard <laughs> seltzers or like what my well i don't i don't think my kids do it what because they locked up the liquor cabinet but what are you? What I was drinking a homemade gin and tonic that I literally think it's medicinal. When I had COVID, I started squirting like a quinine and lime juice in club soda. And I was like, hmm, <laughs> if I just put a little gin in this and it has no carbs. So maybe I'll have nice. another one of those. Let's see. See if this were live, my husband would be watching and a drink would magically appear, but I might have to text him. Get that drink. Oh, in I'm going to have to text him. Yeah. Yeah, scream louder. <laughs> Let's go around and tell everybody what we're drinking. It's in honor of Monica's show. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, that's I know. My mother's just like, I can't believe that's your thing. <laughs> <laughs> Got a mom impression on the 100th episode. I love it. <laughs> Always good. Jeffrey Wilson's rocking the Modelo. Hey, my man. JP's rocking the Modelo. <laughs> what you got, Quadnet? What are you drinking over there, buddy? Oh, this is a local brewery out here. It's a Lush Puppy. It's a hazy IPA. It's not bad. Nice. It's good. Nice. And my boyfriend's been serving me drinks all night tonight. Detective Stan <laughs> Strong, who's now a pilot. He's been making me what? Crown vanilla and Coke? That's it, brother. And what are you drinking, sweetheart? Jameson. But Jameson Orange, which is new to me. Nice. Can you really take taste the vanilla? Yeah, I can a little bit. So I started drinking Jameson sours. Mm. And I at the oh. Irish bar, I asked for one and they were just like, I never heard of that. I'm like, first of all, obviously you can figure it out. But second of all, <laughs> nobody does that. And like they just drink it neat. And I was like, oh, I'm a girl. <laughs> <laughs> like, sorry. <That's> true. <laughs> but I, I, I want to hear what Big Perm is drinking. Do I not yeah, already know? So I poured this during the DPP, but uh, I was drinking a Sagamore rye whiskey, and I'm chasing it with a Budweiser uh, Bud Select 55. I don't drink beer, but I love rye. Love I've been rye. sipping on this Sagamore rye, and it's fantastic. Oh, is it really? I'd like to have something I can drink more of on yeah the yeah no if you start drinking liquor as your thing but when i moved to texas i relocated to texas when around the time i got married so that was a long time ago and these two gals i didn't know they were friends of my they were the girlfriends of my husband's friends we were going to a wedding in fredericksburg and they picked me up from the airport and i just got in from new york so i didn't realize how unusual this was because in new york nobody drives so i didn't understand it but they got they picked me up and they had a cooler of Tecate 
And they had a cutting board with a knife and limes. Like it wasn't good enough to put the limes in a Ziploc. Like they need to have freshly cut limes. So in the car, we're not only just drinking and driving, but we're drinking and driving and cutting limes for the Tecate. And I was like, man, these Texans have class. (laughs) It's funny because I got this bottle of Sagamore from a Texas based uh, Facebook page called something or someone say whiskey and they do their own barrel picks where they'll go to the distillery and purchase a barrel and they'll bottle them up and they put their own labels on them so this is the rye 2d2 and it has like a picture of r2d2 on the sagamore rye bottle nice so am i gonna like that can you mix it with something i tend to mix i'll make like a brooklyn adam mix Mix yeah, don't liquors. nobody mixes. See, that's the thing. But I feel like if you took, I like to drink cocktails. If you take a cocktail made with rock gut and you take a cocktail made with something fine, the fine one's going to taste really, really good. And I don't want to always drink straight booze. I might, if I, if I have to go there, I'm going to have to switch to scotch. That's the only thing I can really mm. just drink. You can drink that straight all day. Single malt? Now, Winnie, I like. B Hud, are you drinking tonight, brother? You look pretty somber over there. Uh, well, that's why I stopped at my one Corona, so I just didn't pass out from drinking a second one. <laughs> I'm a major lightweight. <laughs> I am too. And I worked all day, so, you know, I get too relaxed if I'm tired. <laughs> and chit-chatting under the influence is a very dangerous occupation, especially if it's not live where everybody knows it's like 7 o'clock on a Friday. Why would you do a not live thing at 7 o'clock on a Friday? Yeah, it's being recorded, so I definitely don't want to get too... Uh, too no, it's, it's, it, posterity will forever preserve your second corona, so I'm with you. I Never. think it's a good idea that we kill all the blacks. Kill all the blacks, it will be better. <laughs> Very well said. Is okay, <laughs> we can just all suit on that. <laughs> Centuries oh, of brainwashing. So, so my uh, we watched the documentary of Dean Martin recently, and I think he was faking being drunk most of the time. Although really? I had a huge crush on him. But yeah, I think that's that, that I heard, was I heard he always drank ginger ale instead of it looked like whiskey. Oh, you heard, heard the heard same of, thing or apple oh, cider. Yeah. 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 Yes. Yes, exactly. Hey, Brad. Yay. Brad's coming. Or like there. Foster Brooks. You know who Foster Brooks is, right? No. What? I know the name, but who is Foster? so Foster Brooks used to be on those like those roasts that they used to do, like the Dean Martin roast. Yes, or I remember whatever. Dean Martin. Roast. So just just punch up any video when we're done of Foster Brooks. Thank he did brother. the best drunk guy ever while being stone cold sober. Wow. OK, I'll have to check it out. Yes. So I don't have that skill. I actually drink and terrible terrible mistake and it it is it it is kind of you know i don't drink as much as i used to but it's the worst because the older i get the less it's like getting fat it's like the older you get the less you can eat it's like look i had a fucking weight problem when i was like a 20 year old like i'm never gonna dig myself out of this hole now but (laughs) Hey, speaking of weight, guys, I got to cheers to myself. I lost almost 45 pounds in this. Holy class. cannoli. How? Yeah, dude, that is how yeah, did that you hard. do it? Just cleaning up my diet and actually doing shit, getting getting uh, yeah. moving. What moving. did you stop doing? Uh, my 2021, I basically, when the, my marriage was going to hell, when I was living in my basement and I became like a hermit in my own basement. I was depressed. I lost my job that I was making good money. 
and my life just went like this shit. And I was like, oh. damn, I'm, I'm in a funk. And then I just kind of just went downhill and I just stopped doing stuff as much. I didn't work out. I was eating crappy. I didn't care about what my diet was. So when I switched to all that stuff and started being cautious about what I eat and actually doing things and working out, it all started coming off like crazy. And then I've said it many times on here. I got off all my pharmaceutical pills that I was on, yeah. which I believe yes. was poisoning me as well. I always yeah. say, look at what you're doing. That's what yeah. you were saying. Like, what did you stop yeah. doing? Do you have a lot of responsibilities with your kids? Um, or not so much? Yeah, I mean, not as much as my ex-wife right now. It's unfortunate. What you got there, Jeremy? Oh, that's, that's cool. the Ryan 2 d 2 I love it. Ryan 2 d 2 If you're just I listening, have to have you have to event. check it out on YouTube to see what Jeremy just showed. It's pretty cool. A bottle of booze, Ryan 2 d 2 But because yeah. um, I feel like if if you have a little more time, so if you don't have like kids constantly around, it's a little yeah. easier to take control of your own life. I mean, it yeah. brings up other stresses, I'm sure, and right. financial burdens, but you can, mm -hmm. I think, take care of yourself a little. Like I just noticed it as my kids got older and could take care of themselves a little bit. I could yeah. squeeze an hour in to go for a walk. And I thought, yeah, it's true. I thought it was funny for a while that I became fat too, because I've like always been a lean guy. And I was like, this is hilarious that it's like a fat version of me right now. Aww. And then it just went on way too long. And my kids, I told my kids, like, please make fun of me. If you have something you think of that's <laughs> funny, say it, because I don't want to get comfortable with this. And it's not good. It's not healthy. But how are you going to do the guy locked in the Waffle House bathroom if you're not fat? <laughs> <laughs> Shout totally out to Trent Conway. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, I feel so much better now that I'm off pharmaceutical stuff. I'm, I'm my real version now. My body's like getting back to what I used to be. You I'm are actually... the skinny guy who was fighting to get out. Yeah, I was trapped in a fat man's body and now I'm out. So free. I That's know huge, I miss. Man. That's huge. Why oh, yeah. is this the last episode? Are we not? Did, well, did I miss actually, that? Uh, you did, but we didn't record it. So Jeffrey asked us that before we started recording. So we should... We should uh, touch on that for the actual episode. Yeah. I'll let JP start. I talk too much. Yeah, I mean, I mean, basically, we just kind of it's kind of difficult with uh, because he will really moved so far away. And then so it's a long drive for me after work. And it's just been kind of complicated. So we kind of thought about doing the Zoom thing. But every time I do a Zoom, it's, it's a pain in the neck on my side because it never comes through. Right. And I don't know, we've just been we just been busy. We just been super busy and just kind of not not doing our studies and this and that. It's just weighing heavy and. Life, our lives just got way more complicated and yeah. so the well, way to admit genre, that yeah. to come to terms with that. I mean, I'm trying to push through until my kids are at like, I don't want to walk away because we've built so much, yeah. but Binkley can tell you like I, it's just so much effort and you really have to focus and be there for it. And yes. if you have other obligations or demands or distractions, you just can't. And you gotta, it's not like it's, um, you know, you're, you're going to be a superstar. So it's like all oh, worth it. Like tournament theory, like someday, like you're really going to get there. But, um, for me, I just feel like I've been doing this for like 11 years and in like one year, I really won't have all these obligations. So I am pushing through, but you're just at the beginning. You've got little kids and a lot of work. And I think it is much better when you guys could be together. Yeah. Yeah. It feels it feels more natural. And honestly, all, all the kind words that we've heard tonight with I mean, with the phone messages we've got and all the kind words from you guys. And I know people are listening. It's like I might cry on the way home. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. I well, was super yeah. You've got the I highest... think that you guys are fantastic. Yeah. We were on the show a couple of times and I don't know you guys as well as Monica, but I know that the times that we've been on, 
You guys are very welcoming. It feels very warm speaking to you. I can relate to you because I, I feel even though you guys are up in Colorado, I feel like we both have kind of a little bit of um, I don't want to say redneckish and country boy, uh, uh, but country, <laughs> yeah. a little West Virginia. <laughs> right. in you. Yeah, totally. So that, we that are always, from Louisiana. Okay. Yeah, it <laughs> always made on. me feel all, welcome and fun. I um uh yeah I enjoy your sense of humor and um yeah thank you for having us on the show. I, I've always had a great time with you. And I your episodes tell. are always one of the most listened to of our shows. Thank y'all for saying that. I can't tell. Is that is that Brad or Tom Hiddleston here? We got Loki on. <laughs> <laughs> Did you yeah, audition uh, for that? Burned part? with a uh, glorious uh, whatever the fuck he's burned with. I, I don't know. We've been. Didn't doing you audition for that actual part? No, I didn't audition for that part. Oh, I, I thought you uh, did. I thought you, you should. No, I didn't. I yeah, had it. You had a different it. one. Brad, thanks for coming in, man. Um, anybody just listening to the show and not watching, he just popped in with Monica too. And man, we have so many listeners that love your guys' show so much, and like including David. David, him and his wife love you guys. And yeah, y'all oh, are awesome. Hey, I kind of want to put you on blast, and I want That's you to say, cool, say, good. tell me Go what you it. said. Tell them what you told me recently about how you oh, guys. Oh, well, <laughs> I I'm allowed to subscribe to one podcast, and it's about to be done so i'll have a an open podcast to subscribe to so <laughs> look forward to it it'll be coming next week You're joining their patreon <laughs> well we're gonna yeah, that's right. what's the name of it us oh yeah, fuck! Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> i listen to the prop literally every single day it's the first time I've oh that's on. fantastic yeah and we're great. gonna like package up we we join locals because we wanted to have like a kind of private twitter more or less but we're gonna make a package so that like if you want to join multiples you can only because there's just so no one thing has everything and it does get a little i don't know if you guys got too much into the social media but it really it's uh you can get a lot like you could i can if i spend one hour on twitter a night it's just not enough like yeah. to keep up with everything so <laughs> i just yeah, that's a weird like, pressure go. that social media gives you like when you go back to like you take a little break from it, you get back in you're like damn i gotta catch up and then you kind of yeah. like you get lured into it now you're spending more and more time on it it's like a uh, FOMO thing that it creates like a, you get the whole thing I, there has to be yeah. something chemical about the, mm -hmm. the way it like I feel like it's an, a, an, a responsibility it's like answer every single tweet but I can't hardly do it anymore yeah. and the and screen the too just looking at the screen mesmerizes you it, it like it, it kind of hypnotizes you it keeps just you simply, up I read yeah. a book I fall asleep well it's, it's supposed <laughs> to that's what it's generated for you know and like most of the people that probably follow you guys they're not on social media you know, your audience is not the ones who are just watching you or looking for your next tweet or your Instagram posts. Those are not the people that you want. So they got to have a different avenue, which is tough these days because yeah. the world is not going in that direction. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. What should, how can we make this positive? Like, I just really am determined to have 2022, like just white pilled positivity. I really I think that we're going to bust through this war. World War Three is not going to be as long as World War II, World War One, and maybe that in itself is a reason for positivity. But I just how are we going to I mean, is there hope for the remnant if everybody's got some kind of GMO shit floating around in their bloodstream? Like <laughs> this is a hundred year war, right? As long until everyone puts a chip in their head, we're still at battle. Hmm. All right, I'll keep fighting. 
There you go. Yep. I know. But it'd be easier for you to reach your people if we all had a chip in our head. <laughs> that's and that's the that's the you know the catch twenty two there. Right? <laughs> that is a good point. Monica and Brett, you guys don't know. Uh, I don't know if Jeffrey does either. Um, these two guys on the NR muscle are security for uh, for JP yeah. and I. Those guys are big. Those are ripped. Yeah, yeah. Out for everybody. <laughs> big sons of bitches here. Um, so this is Detective Stan Strong. He's a regular on our show. He's uh, oh, a. Is that your former. real name? Yes. It's not my real name. No. <laughs> I gave it to him. It's real. That's cool, though, to be able to say I'm Detective Stan Strong. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I gave him Stan, that name during it, the whole crisis yeah. thing of anti police stuff because he's former homicide detective and um, Damn, now he's yeah. a pilot. He's a really badass dude. Got a lot of cool stories and have been a good friend of mine. He's been on our show what, maybe four or five times, twice, three, whatever. Yeah. Three times tonight. And then David Quadnet has been a stand-in host for me, and he's been a long friend of mine as well, a good dude. And him and his wife are both huge fans of the Propaganda Report, and it's so, just funny to see that he's talking to you guys right now. Awesome. So great. Awesome. <laughs> I have a question for um, Captain Strong. Does that sound right? Just, just detective. What's, okay, what so are we going to change his well, name for, to? Well, he's a pilot, so I figure maybe he's a captain. Oh, I'm not a captain yet. No, no, no. Okay. That's so, always all. You so are in my mind. mind. No, How we're doing it. Captain hard. Stan Strong is what it is. <laughs> Do you were a homicide. <laughs> Sorry, Monica, go ahead. You were a homicide detective in Denver, Colorado, Colorado Springs, Louisiana, Louisiana. Oh, wow. Okay. So Keeping I know a New York homicide detective retired who awesome. was disappointed in how not hard the homicide detectives tried to solve homicides. What was your experience? so yes um i think a lot of the reasons so i i worked homicides for probably 10 years i've only been a cop or, or only had been a cop for about 13 uh, so i got in really young um i say that to say that i was one of five of us um all of us cared but not not all of us poured our heart and soul into it and that was disheartening it's not like the movies where it's everyone's like, getting shot at. And it's like, but if right. I can just take one more bullet, I can take this guy no, down. That's, it's not at all like the movies. So, so the movies, the movies will sell you the, that case, uh, the one in a million case. And I've had one of those. Uh, but most of the cases are not like that. What was that case? Yeah. I want to hear about the one in a million case. Um, so the, Oh, hang on. I got a quick plug for our Patreon too. It's not too late to sign up for it. He's been on there, I think, twice now, and you show, he shared some really dark, twisted stories from his law <laughs> stuff that, like, holy shit. Like, if you guys like crime stuff, you have to go listen to these. Actually, I might release them into the main thing, too. We'll have to look at it and make sure it's safe. But, yeah, fuck it, right? Yeah. <laughs> but, um, yeah, he... <laughs> Captain Stan Strong's got some twisted stories. So the, the department I work for... Um, we were not busy enough with homicides to work just homicide. We work rape, robbery, homicide, unintended deaths. All a little louder. Oh, I'm sorry, a little louder. So we work rape, robbery, homicide, all, all attended deaths. So we don't work just homicide. So the, the one case that really sticks out to me was a, uh, it was an attempted kidnapping, attempted murder case, big conspiracy theory where an ex-husband had paid these two guys to act like delivery guys to kidnap his ex-wife to murder her, kidnap her, murder her, murder her. We end up being able to stop it along the way. Uh, well, actually, before she that. got murdered. Yeah. So we. Nice. How much awesome. do you want me to give up? Because I know you had Patreon. You had it on Patreon. No, do it, bro. Yeah, that's all right. So, all right. So 
um, we were able to put a bolo out, be on the lookout for um, a description of the guys in this van that they had rented. Um, they, another agency, because they got this, tried to pull the vehicle over. Vehicle takes them on a pursuit. They end up exiting um, off the interstate, getting into a dead end that leads to like a river. They bail out and run. The officer that's by himself gets out and sees the kidnapped wife half naked in the back of the van. So he has to stay with her, like, you know, to, to render aid. Um, backup shows up. They end up can't find the, the kidnappers. The kidnappers come to find out a few days later, end up drowning in the river. So it was kind of like, <gasps> no way. Oh, it's, it's a, it's a lifetime movie. It's insane. Wow. Uh, <laughs> um, it made me a Netflix movie shortly. <laughs> wow. So it's that hard to swim across a river. Uh, so the river that they tried to swim across was the Mississippi. Um, it's very, the drink, the big drink. <laughs> and during the during the rainy season, it is impossible to to just wow. Across. Shit. Um, so they didn't myth. just like go from rock to rock and like float down underneath the no. log for five miles okay. until they were at safety. <laughs> there's no, there's, uh, that's there's not no how it rocks works. down there. That's <laughs> <laughs> no, all yeah. straight mud. It's just, just like, mud. They didn't just trudge <laughs> through the mud. Shit. You want to get into some truth or theory stuff. Right. Um, the it, interesting it, thing about their autopsy was that they had ingested a ton of mud in their in their lungs because they kept getting the water and the mud was in the water. Yeah. So it was wow. either the, the the corner over there that I talked to told me it was either a tugboat or some type of big boat passed and like sucked them underneath and sucked mm. all that into their lungs mm. or someone drowned them. Okay. Wow, that's nah, crazy. I'm sure it was a tugboat. Can, yeah, can I sure tell yeah. you got to murder the murderer? Okay, right. right. I, I'd love your opinion on a story that happened in Greensboro, Georgia, I think six or seven years ago at this point now. Uh, you was probably it a haven't swamp heard murder. It's not a swamp murder. Well, <laughs> it kind of is, but kind of not. It's so. in Georgia. <laughs> My whole pass is up, though. I have to go. I'm so oh, sorry. Oh, no, Monica, I you got to go. 20 minutes can exactly. I say something before you yes, leave, Monica? Yes. Okay, I, I told this before you guys came on, but uh, Truth or Theory is where I found you on the Propaganda Report. It's the first time I've ever heard of you. And I became a patron like a week later and part of the Discord. And I told these guys I spent New Year's Eve this year with people on the Discord cheers, cheersing in the new year. And uh, you guys have meant a lot to me. And also, you went back and forth with me about uh, applying for a uh, uh, vax or was it uh, an a vax, ex an exemption? And you helped me, and I was actually I was granted my exemption at work. Awesome! And wow. I thank you so much for that. That's wow, awesome. that's so wonderful! I really do. That's the most important thing to me. That's what I think is keeping us all going is that we're connected and we're helping each other and we've got humanity. And it's the only reason really to keep it going. Otherwise, what's the, you know, what would be the point of like reading the news every day if we were just going to get sucked under a tugboat? It's <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. a really good metaphor. Okay. Wow. Yeah. Awesome. yeah, that's so great to hear. Thank you so much for telling me that. I really appreciate it. And if there's ever anything I can do better, you got to let me know because we've got to keep it going. Thank you for helping me keep my jobs because uh, awesome. I have that's an eight so month cool. old son right now and a three year old daughter. So I, I, need to keep providing for those well, kids so thank you I'll very much actually remember you in my prayers now because you Appreciate gotta keep that you. job 
So, all right, guys, thank you so much. I'm sorry I got a 20 minute hall pass. I just did a two hour DPP, but I love you guys so much. Thank you so much. I hope that there's a second coming of truth and theory, but for now, like, Godspeed. Thank you, Monica. Thank we you love so you too. Much. Adios. Good night, Monica. That's wow. that's yeah, that's uh, that's cool about the the exemption working. That's great. I love to hear stuff like that. I tried to pop into that DPP, but I didn't have any fucking data on my phone, and I I, I don't know. I was talking, and I don't know if anybody was hearing me. I ended up cutting out. Um, this Greensboro story, I've been fascinated by this. For like, I love true crime stuff. Um, I'm a pretend detective. And <laughs> what happened was it was this, it was near Lake Oak. It was at Lake Oconee and there was a golf course called Reynolds plantation. I actually worked there when I was in college. I, I was a waiter at one of the, there's a Ritz Carlton. Uh, I was a waiter at the restaurant. It's about 40 miles North of Milledgeville, Georgia. Very, uh, it's where I went to college. So we all went and worked there. So I was familiar with the town and it's very wealthy in that area. It's where they have a lot of the golf tournaments. And so I, I saw Ben Roethlisberger on a, uh, he was out in the middle of the lake on a sandbar one time. He wasn't raping anybody or anything. He did that at my, that, the Ben Roethlisberger <laughs> scandal happened at my college. So that was at wow. my college where that happened. And, and um, there was this couple in the neighborhood right by Reynolds plantation, or it was actually in Reynolds plantation of the neighborhood that there had not been a, a crime, a murder there in like 25 years. And this couple was in their 80s. And what happened was the cops showed up and this guy had been decapitated and his wife was gone. So they found a decapitated body. His wife was gone and they found no signs of forced entry. They found no signs of entry at all on the land. And what they were able to decipher was that Whoever killed him showed up by boat. And this was at night that this happened. It was very dark on that lake at night. You can't see anything. You got to know your way around or have some sort of spotlight. And there's cameras all around the lake because pe you know, people's houses right. and shit. And, and they weren't able to, to detect anybody who, uh, whose boat was going by there. But they do believe that it, was, that it was a boat boating accident or somebody came by boat and that they knew the person. But the guy cut the old man's head off, took the wife, and then... Later on, months later, they they found the wife's body kind of kind of stuck in, in the trees in the water a couple miles down on Lake Oconee. They still have not found the man's head. So we go to that lake a lot and always to creep people out. I'm like, you know, that might be his head you feel at the bottom when you have your feet down there. <laughs> oh, yeah, it's just but it's just <laughs> my so, brother thinks it was like Mexican cartel. I, I, I don't know. It's always fascinated me. So, so that all depends on, I'd have to know the victimology and I'd have to know the means in which they use to decapitate him. Um, well, the guy owned restaurants. He was an, an Olympian, a former Olympian, like in the seventies and he owned a bunch of restaurants. And it seemed to me looking into his background that there could have been some sort of, some sort of drug cartel or, or, or mob connection, but I don't know if that's my brother projecting into me and then me looking at his background. I have no idea. So, for reference, I can tell you that I worked a case where in a toolbox, we found a torso, no head, no hands, no, no feet Toolbox in a toolbox. Yeah. Um, like in the bottom drawer. And it was, it was the boyfriend who was a methamphetamine addict and he used a jigsaw to do it. So it, the cartel does do things like that, but meth is going to meth also so, so right. yeah right. meth is going to meth they'll do the same is that what we name in this episode meth is going to meth that's great meth that's awesome meth. 
So, uh, but that is interesting, especially them being in their eighties. A really gated community. Like you, you have to, you can't get in there. Like the only way to get in there is, is by boat or somebody lets you in. Yeah. yeah. I, I'm going to, I'm going to do some research on that, man. Cause that, that intrigues me. And that sounds money related, which could be drugs if they were getting their, their money that way. Uh, but that sounds money related. for Greensboro, sure. Georgia, Reynolds plantation decapitation murder i think it's like 2015 maybe yeah it's like a simple b and e that just goes wrong yeah these these fucking meth heads just do whatever they want (laughs) yeah the guy's body was found i think it was in his garage up by his driveway and the doors were open in the back of the house so they they concluded they seemed to conclude that he knew the guy he let him in and that there was just like they were hanging out and then he ended up being murdered in his garage he has a grandson. <laughs> oh, he's got he's got sons. And my that was my first speculation. Right? I was reading about the his sons and daughters because there was a little bit of conflict there. And he, he I, I can't remember the restaurant chain, but there is uh, a restaurant chain that you guys would know. It just slips my mind that he owned. And then he was also in the Olympics back in the 70s. I think he might have won a medal too. Uh there's a lot, there's a lot of very intriguing things in that story. If if you look into it, you might be interested in it. And I'd love to hear your conclusions if you if you figure anything out. Yeah, I'll I'll definitely dig into it a little bit. That that's definitely something that that strikes me. So I'll look into it. That that would have been a cool bit for our show is having Detective Sam Trog's take on other homicides cold that cases. are out there. Ooh, yeah, <laughs> yeah, 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 episode right there. Yeah, yeah. maybe maybe blind without shades. Maybe so. <laughs> I think we're gonna have to, brother. I think blind that's homicides without resolutions. <laughs> yeah. Well. Um, I have a feeling there's going to be more podcasts coming out of these this group of sausage fest that's in here right now. Um, <laughs> I, I feel um, I feel good about it. I, well, I think that's what you should do instead of just completely putting it in the can. Is just when you find something you're interested in, just do little special editions every now and then with all these guys here because I it's a great chemistry and I think it would take the load off of just you and JP from having to know everything. Where you can mm-hmm. spread it, spread the love around, and you know, have a fun episode, you know, and it wouldn't be as wouldn't be as hard. You see, and that yeah, just reshape it. Don't kill it. <laughs> yeah, don't don't kill it. Just reshape it, man. I mean, you yeah. guys again. You guys have yeah. good voices, and honestly, I think that would be an incredible segment. I mean, I, I, I was talking to a friend the other day. The majority of like the top podcasts are all these like how to make a murder, fucking Dateline who killed who that shit is huge dude yeah. it, is a huge it really is market and so this gentleman yeah i mean I, I forget your name i apologize but like having that kind of insight as a homicide detective for so long people for whatever reason i can't do it anymore but people love that shit man people love fucking like what mystery cut off his... yeah mystery is intriguing like it's it, you want to figure it out you know it's it, it, it I mean, that story is fascinating me for a long time, and I, and I could not find anything. I used to look into forums, chat forums, where people had all their theories about, you know, what happened in, in, in Greensboro. I mean, this is a small fucking town. Uh, excuse my language. Yeah. It's grown a little bit since uh, you know, everything's grown a little bit, but there's not many people around. I remember the first time I went to a bar in Greensboro, Georgia, is when I was a little bit out of college. There was a woman who just kept staring at me and leaning her hand up against the pole, and she had more underarm hair than I'd ever seen in my life. You know, it's one of those kind of towns. Yeah, that's a real well, woman. A, <laughs> right? Yeah. Look like so the sex buck- was great. Yeah. <laughs> Look like she had buckwheat awesome, in the Brad. headlock. <laughs> well, that's that's what strikes me about that that case too, man. Is that the fact that you said that they've had maybe one murder in twenty five years, and that just that that there's something that pulls at me. 
maybe maybe whoever did what they did to him maybe they shot him in the head and they're trying to hide evidence because that's the way people's minds think because they watch too much tv yeah. I don't know who, who who knows, but I'm gonna dig into it. I'll let you know something. Yeah, yeah. What was it like emotionally doing that job? Just curious. You know, I mean, you, know, so, you don't want to talk about that. So, no, man, that's 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 cool, bro. Um, thanks for asking these questions, Brad, because we're all fascinated too. He's so, psychotic. I put me and Eric between him. <laughs> <laughs> so for a, for a long time, man, I would tell people it doesn't bother me. Uh, it, it doesn't affect me. It doesn't bother me. Um, it up part of the reason why I had to walk away from it, man, is I, I realized that I was not taking care of me even when I thought I was good. And I, I actually put that out to a lot of my guys that I work with. Like, look, man, when you think you're good, that there's that thing that nags at you that you need to talk about. Because um, I figured out that I have seen at least over 155 murders that, that my hands have touched at, since the age of 24. There's no way that you walk away as a human being untouched by that. Um, mm -hmm. And more than the what you see, for me, um, we would have to give death notifications. Uh, you would have to let the family know that, hey, your son committed suicide or he was murdered. Um, I had a, one mother that one year I had to tell her that her son was murdered. I worked his murder, solved it. The next year, and unfortunately for me, I didn't recognize her immediately her daughter committed suicide and I was the same detective that had to go give her notification. Mm. And that's the thing that will eat your soul. Yikes. Dang, rough. So do you find, I mean, I'm sorry if anybody's interjecting here, but do you, I mean, I don't know if you guys remember Amber Lyons. She was a, a CNN reporter and she was, she was an investigative reporter would be talking to people about some like the worst of the worst. And she had to tap out because from a somewhat of a metaphysical standpoint, she was taking in a lot of their dark yeah. energy. Do you find that you, you have to compartmentalize yourself to completely like shut off from that? Or do you find yourself taking that home? I'm not going to ask you if you, because oftentimes it makes people like drink a lot and like to numb that kind of pain. What did you do to cope with seeing? Cause that's not normal shit, dude. Human beings yeah. just aren't normally geared to deal with that. How did you deal with that process? All of that. So for me, man, I would talk to my circle stays really tiny. Um, and I would talk to the guys that I trust about it and say, Hey, man, this is what I've got going on. Um, also, for me, I, I knew what you're saying is true, the, the, the alcoholism and things, things like that. So I would push it into no, I'm gonna go work out instead, or I'm gonna go do something healthy. Because uh, I know that was a factor that could affect me. Um, so no, it's, it's a valid question. The, the problem is, dude, a lot of guys in, in this culture that I worked in, you, if you complain about something, you're like, man, what the hell's wrong with you? Toughen up, you know, just yeah, yeah, up. yeah, then, interesting. Yeah, yeah, I've always been fascinated by the detective police type of work because I, I think it's very, I mean, what a tough job, you know, almost everybody you encounter in a day's work is not happy to see you, right? It, it seems like, of course, there's going to be the people that, you know, when they need you, they call you and they're like, thank God. But right. just if you're on, it seems like a lot of people that is going to be a, a very conflict oriented, obviously. And I, I, with the way the media portrays a lot of things when it comes to, to police work in, in general, it's just that they create this conflict through, uh, through the screens we watch that I, don't, I just don't think needs to be there where it's like they prime people in communities that police might need to go to see police as bad guys. And then they prime police to see people as, as, in, those, in those communities, maybe as more have an itchy trigger finger than they might have. It's, the media seems to try and just 
force the conflict to happen. And I would think that that would be a challenging thing to deal with as a police officer when you know that people are hearing all this stuff that may not be true at all about you and about the people you're working with. And how do you guys deal with that? Like the conflict and the stuff the, that's just propagated to cause that conflict. So it, it makes it really hard, man. Um, it, it's actually made our jobs exponentially harder. And also it's made a divide worse where the guys will see, well, it doesn't matter what I do because I'm going to be seen wrong. So they won't go above and beyond to help people, right? Which when, when they normally would, or it makes us more vulnerable. And that's the route that I would take where a normal situation where maybe I would have my gun out, right? I'll leave it in the holster and I'll try to talk my way through it or try to, um, put myself more at risk because I know what this is going to look like and it may look bad. And dude, there was a lot of times where I got reprimanded and rightfully so, because it was like East, you didn't take the proper safety procedures for this and you could have been killed and you would get reprimanded for that. Um, so it, it, you, you put you in a bad place, man. It really does. You're always at a disadvantage. You're always behind the eight ball because action beats reaction every single time uh, so you don't know when someone's gonna jump and dude i don't care who you are it, you're not john wick you're not james bond you're not gonna jump faster than the next guy it's yeah not, not jack bauer right yeah exactly <laughs> is there is there something about that job though man because i've i have many family members and friends who are police in i i've tended bar off and on for many years and i don't want to liken it to that position but it's like you see the worst or worst of people and you're just like almost your default mode is like oh this fuck you know you, you think almost everybody's a piece of shit you know what i mean especially as a cop and i'm not saying yeah. that that's what you do but doing you, like like whoever just said that you're you're seeing people oftentimes whether it's a homicide detective or whatever in their worst anyway how do you keep from doing the job and not just seeing the worst in people because that's what you see all the time it's extremely easy to fall in that. And in my opinion, um, and I don't want to say it's lazy. It just takes less effort to fall into that because man, you yeah, get yeah, yeah. so drained, right? You get so, I mean, you're so depleted constantly. Um, the way that I dealt with that, man, um, I would have to constantly go back to, this is why I'm here. This is what I want to do. I love people and I want to see them do better or, or be in a better spot than when I found them. Um, but it is easy to lose sight of that, man. It absolutely is to, and I've caught my, I'm not perfect, man. I've caught myself. This person called us for the sixth time tonight about a domestic violence <laughs> argument. Right. And you're like, here we go again. And you get there and you're like, Oh crap, they're split open. I should have done X, Y, Z. And I try to learn from those mistakes and try to do better for the future. Right. And, and, and no, you know what, every time somebody calls me, this is the most important thing in their life right now. And I'm the one thing that can, that can reach out a hand and, and pull them out. And you have to bring that honor onto yourself and know this is what this is. This is what this a great is. mindset. That, like that's a really touching mindset right there to think about it like that. Yeah. Well, to even Thank have, to even have that mindset to even be, I'm sorry, E. Willie, whoever was about to speak, I apologize. Now I'm geeking no, you're out. You're good, man. Go, go for it. No, just, I mean, to, to be a cop. And again, I'm, I've known cops and it's sometimes they get a very bad rap, um, unwarranted, but I also know that, I don't, and I'm not asking you if you had to do this. Just give me your thoughts on this. Cops who have a good heart, who are put in a situation where they have to give perjurious testimony, if you will, you know, to protect the, the blue shield or whatever it is. 
and I'm not asking if you've ever had to do that, but that culture oftentimes of like protect your own, regardless of just, you know what I mean? Again, planting evidence, you know, testifying perjuriously. What are your thoughts on that? Again, I'm not asking if you've done it, but no, again, no. a lot, a lot of the, a lot of the, the stuff and the heat that police have get are unwarranted, but there also is a lot of instances where they've done some shady shit. And so where do you fall in that situation of, again, not asking if you've done it, but seeing other contemporaries who might've done it and expect you to do it and you're not down unless you're willing to do it type thing. Yeah. I will say that, say this, man, I am probably very fortunate in where I work because I will probably bet that 90% of the guys that I worked with were like me are close enough to like me to where they wouldn't have to deal with that. Um, but I, I will 100% and I've always said I've always chosen to work in the lowest income worst crime areas because I felt like that was the people that needed me the most. And every time I would talk to them, it was look, man, I know you don't trust me. And I understand 100% why because I see it. And if I was in your shoes, seeing what I see on the news and seeing how you've been treated by other officers, I get it. I just want you to see my heart and, and know that I'm different. And I'm here for you. And I think if more officers talked to the public like that as human beings, instead of I'm officer so and so do what I told you, do what I'm yes. telling you to do. Yeah. It would make this 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 connection a lot real because a lot of times, man, I would talk to people and say, "Hey, look, the system is fucked up. I am trying to do better. Help me, help you." And a lot of times, the people on the the side of the town that I would talk to, they're like, "Man, that's that's real. I got you." Kind of a thing. Um, that's I interesting. That's I've experienced police officers of a different variety a lot in my life, and I've had police officers that were fantastic, just completely cool as shit and helped me out. And then I've had some that were that were dicks. And I I think from, uh, you know, perspective, somebody who's not a police officer, it's just like it's it's another it's a person doing their job. And, you know, I, and they get people get stereotyped, you, know, you get stereotyped by a uniform, by a symbol. And when people can only see a symbol then they react to the symbol they don't react to the individual and it's the individual that you're you know having a real interaction with because i, I you know i've met so i know so many police officers i've had so many interactions i don't want to say like so many like i'm a big criminal or anything i'm not i'm just yeah, talking about like, <laughs> like man Damn, i've been so many so many years of my life no 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 i when i was younger i got i've got uh, arrested a couple times for just being a stupid kid and um i've also been arrested before doing nothing wrong that it was a mistake that a ticket that I had paid didn't get processed in the computer system. And uh, so my license got wrongly suspended. It did judge ended up like dismissing everything and apologizing to me. But the arrest on that one, I was, I was arrested in a part of town. It was not the best part of town. And I was even one of the police officers told me that he's, he's celebrating you and, and they brought other police officers. And I didn't care. I, I knew what was going on. I didn't care. Uh, um, I, I, uh, but I also had a time where I ran from the police and they beat the hell out of me because I ran from them. I deserved it. So like, I, I, I totally get some of the shit that, you know, you, they fucking, I would never want to be a police officer. What a challenging job. You know? I would never want to be president. What a fucking challenging job. It's all, uh, uh, I, I just don't think people actually think about how tough it is to, to do a job where most people you're dealing with are like, fuck this guy, you know, God, you know just, yeah. and that's why we call him stand strong. Stand right? strong. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Right? That's what you have to do to be in that position. Totally. I, I will. So I'll, I'll, 
sort of close this with, and if, if y'all have more questions, I'm more than open. The reason why I had to leave, um, so I was trying to do my best. I was constantly, and I think y'all can tell. Need to export. Well, well, yeah, but I was pouring my heart into everything. And a lot of times I will say that the system misses the big picture. Sometimes maybe you let a guy walk on a simple possession charge because you know what, his life's hard enough and maybe I can help elevate him to, to a better level, right? And, and yeah, okay, you get the stat and you make the arrest and you feel good about yourself, but you're not really looking at the big picture. And maybe the system needs to revamp the way it looks at things and fight the big picture. The other side of that is the reason why I had to walk away is because I poured so much into myself into this job. I don't have anything personally. Um, and I, I feel like I have nothing to show for it at times because I, the town that I was in had riots. I had bricks thrown at my head and I was trying to be me and talk to this group of people like, Hey man, I know you're upset, but just talk to me. And that's whenever they started throwing stuff at me. And I was no longer seen as stand strong, the police officer no. I, or, or stand strong, the person I was seen as the uniform yeah. who my death would have been celebrated. And I was like, you know what? My heart is broken at this. I, I just, I can't, I can't do it anymore. And I lost my why because of that. Yeah. Well, and that's what that's what someone had just said. I mean, they're not reacting as much as benevolently you're trying to come to the table. They're not looking at you as an individual. They're looking at you, what you represent in the larger standpoint. And, you know, not to get too deep into it, but, you know, with the commercialization of the prison industry, the whole thing is, and I'm not saying all cops are doing this, but oftentimes they're kind of revenue collectors and just feeding the machine because a lot of these companies, these prison industries are traded on the stock exchange. So, their dividends to their investors are yeah. based off of how many people are in the prisons. So it's like, you guys are almost strangle held. Like you want to kind of do the right thing, but then it's like, you got quotas and it's like, Hey, officer Johnson, why haven't you X, Y, Z? I mean, it's a slippery slope, dude. And I mean, you guys, I would, I, whoever just said it, I would never want to be in your position simply because even if your heart is in the right place, you guys are kind of being, pigeon held by larger quotas and, and this and that. Whereas, you know, it sucks because you are obviously a good dude, but if you're in places like LA or New York or Baltimore, I interviewed a guy from Baltimore, uh, Michael Wood. Anyway, it's just, your, your back's up against the wall and you're dealing with like the worst of the worst. And it's, uh, it's an, Oh, look at my man with the little man, <laughs> small perm. Small. You got big perm and you got small perm. <laughs> baby perm that's awesome hey, I, I i actually have to dip out guys hey biggie you guys jp you guys are amazing um please reconsider or whatever do what you're going to do and i will support whatever you guys do as you continue to do it i'll retweet i'll like i'll be more than happy to come on or whatever you guys are doing but every single voice matters and especially right now with the world being absolutely in flames it, it matters even more and these guys who i just met tonight p hud big perm anybody else you guys are awesome um i don't really have much more to say i i love what you keep guys going, are keep going and, yeah. you know keep going i love i love what you guys are doing and keep doing it you know it's it, i'm gonna go back to something you know um e willie one of the things that you liked when i was talking to you when the switch was flipped is to why, how I believed in myself and start doing so many of the things I was doing, a switch was flipped. 
that made me do that. And it sounds like with your weight mm-hmm. loss, it's it, it, whatever going on with your, with your life and the divorce, I understand that stuff happens, but it's not about, it's not about, you don't find peace in the absence of chaos. It's about finding the peace within the chaos. And I, hopefully you can do that. And for you to be losing weight and to be transforming your life while still within all this chaos, bro, keep doing that. And the more podcasts you do, just let it be a testament of how you're transforming yourself, transforming your mindset and to just, to spread more positivity, man. That's kind of what I'm trying to do with this. Me speaking to you, not the conspiracy farm is going away, but it has to be a balance, man. And the dark stuff has definitely taken a toll on me. So I'm trying to spread a little bit more light and whatever you guys can do to continue to do that while still bringing attention to crazy shit, continue to do it. I got so much love and respect for you guys. And, um, again, whatever, whatever personal stuff, any of us are going through, try to find the light, and the inspiration and the attitude of gratitude, even within the chaos, man, because uh, we're not here for long, man. We're not here for long. This is a very short ride. So whatever we can Act. do to kind yeah, of uh, bring that, to bring that love, baby, to bring that love. And I love you guys, man. And <laughs> thank I you thank so you much, Jeff. I love you too, man. Yeah. Jeff, keep doing you, man. No matter what happens, we'll, we'll be in touch. Yeah. I appreciate it. I appreciate it, you guys. Thank Happy you, New Year, man. Happy New Year. Cheers. Appreciate you, Jeff. Absolutely. Take care, guys. I want to. Uh, guy's fucking awesome, man. That Jeff guy's fucking with shit. I'm sorry. What is that? <laughs> <laughs> he really is. Get out of here, man. <laughs> I love him. He's great. We're gonna talk amazing. about you now. <laughs> Hopefully, it's good. Peace, guys. Love you, man. Love right, you too. Peace. Later, bro. Later. I want to wrap up the stand strong segment. If Brad, if you have any more questions for him, too, please ask. Because I'm fascinated by it as well. I know the listeners all love true crime stuff, but. I just want to say that this handsome son of a bitch is single right now, too. Hell yeah. Get, get at it while you can, ladies or men. Yeah. We don't discriminate. It's 2022. <laughs> I love I love that you're I love that. I love your uh your wingman and even on your final show. It's awesome. He's sitting down right now, but he's at least seven foot tall. That dude's really yeah, oh, he's he's huge. I don't know. I don't know. Captain How tall are you for real? Six four. Six four. Captain Stan Strong is straight out of a damn comic book. Yeah. Girl. We're talking about girth here, ladies. This is all girth. A lot of girth? Is that what I heard? <laughs> Get at him while you can, ladies. Truth or Theory right. podcast at gmail.com. I will hook yeah. you up with a date. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to weed you out a little bit. But if Your inbox is going to be him, flooded. A little yeah, bit wet. This dude, I, he's like one of the few guys I've actually set up with a family member. I tried to hook him up with my, my second cousin at one point. Cause like I, I, if my sister was younger than me or actually my sister's married to a guy younger than me, but whatever, that's a side story. Um, I, I like this guy so much that I'd set him up with family. So stand strong, Captain stand strong. If that's you will. funny, dude. Yeah. No, I totally guy. know what you mean when you say like, it's such a good guy. You want yeah. your sister to date him at all. I, one of my, one of my buddies, I was in his wedding about like six years ago and he's a Jewish guy and he was marrying a Catholic and the family the two families were having a little, they weren't all cool with it. You know, I think it was the Catholics mainly, but this guy was like the best guy that I had ever met in my life. Like seriously, like the coolest guy. Uh, he would do absolutely anything for you. And, and when we get there and we find out that the Catholic family was, was a little bit like apprehensive about it. And we actually ended up being kind of like the, the ambassadors that were linking the two because we were just, you know, I have long, I had long crazy hair back then, and I was uh, um, probably a little crazier than I am now. Running from the cops. 
the fa- yeah the father uh, of the the bride kind of like took to us because we were the non-jewish friends of the jewish husband or, or the Jew, you know groomsman and so we kind of we were tried to bring them together and all but i remember telling them like look lev is my god i hope he doesn't see this by the way just <laughs> hope everybody else sees it but it's safe here right so i was just like man he's the best fucking guy ever I, I want my sister, please marry my sister so she stops dating these fucking drug dealers. Just please, I hope my sister doesn't watch either. Please marry my sister. You're the best guy ever. How anybody would not want you to, your, their daughter to be with this guy is just like beyond me, but all because that the religious differences, they, uh, they had an issue with it. It was strange to me. Mm, that's funny, man. Yeah, my, my sister, for the record, married a great guy. Shout out, Daniel. You might be watching. I wasn't trying to throw you under the bus. But yeah, <laughs> I, uh, I do love uh, Stan Strong. He's a great guy. He's, I'm, I'm, he's got my endorsement on any woman that wants to be with him or man. <laughs> it breaks my heart that I'm not gay because we'd make a great couple. Totally. I'm thinking the same it's thing. It's not too late. <laughs> I know. I just, I don't, it just doesn't feel right. <laughs> I should segue right into the Western show. That's <laughs> awesome. I was just thinking that. <laughs> oh, God. i love the hat by the way i love that i feel like you're about to deal us a deck of cards oh yeah brother i'm straight from deadwood <laughs> you like magic yeah you guys want to see a magic trick i'm gonna make jeremy's baby disappear and turn into a, a pony <laughs> there's so many wrong ways you can go with that <laughs> How are you so, guys feeling about everything about your last episode? I know it's probably sad. I'm sad. Yeah, I mean, it coming into it, I was like, you know, it, it's bittersweet, but it was, I'm just not really sweet at all, honestly. It's, it's kind of a bummer, but it's just with yeah. everything that's been going on, I'm like, all right, like, we'll get the last episode in. We'll just proceed. And if anything comes up in the future, we're good to go. But now after hearing everybody's kind words and everything, like a piece of me is like, man, what are we doing? It's, it's, I've been, you guys got great that. chemistry together. You really do. It's, Thank it's you. It's been fun. It's been honestly so much fun, even with with every. It's been so much fun. And I like the idea of rebranding the show too. We don't have to stay in this genre. Truth or theory really can go anywhere. Um, we don't have to stay in just a conspiracy type world. We can go all over the map if we needed to. Um, but yeah, I'm open. Y'all are funny too. Like you could do some funny yeah. shit. Yeah, you know? yeah I can always play the quiet JP part too if you need somebody. <laughs> Your baby keeps coming in and out with the green screen. It's just, it's lit. <laughs> yeah, that's good. Yeah, truth of theory is like such a clickable advertisement too. So like you guys have a set because you have the right name. It's the logo really is fire. I yeah, mean, it's totally going to address the elephant in the so room. So you guys don't have to dive deep. We can just talk about what's going on on Saturday nights. Um, I'm with it on you guys, man. It's yeah. just been fantastic. I, I like that we've kept it pretty, pretty lighthearted with a lot of yeah. episodes, a lot of I mean, we've done a lot of books, a lot of just just people who like to just chit chat, goof around. It's been fun. A lot of fun. Yeah, for Not sure. Too serious. Well, guys, I need to take a quick break because my my bladder's oh, screaming at me now. Baby bladder E Willie. <laughs> Jesus, here we go. I guess we'll throw our last <laughs> true him sign. Baby bladder right E Willie. That's a great <laughs> nickname right there. <laughs> <laughs> So we'll go to an ad courtesy of Mr. P. Hood. Thank you for reading our ads for us randomly. He's the ad reader. You're welcome. We'll go to that now. If anybody needs to take a quick break to reassess themselves, we may have two more <laughs> guests popping in shortly that uh, have contacted me since we started, um, which is another detective and maybe some paranormal investigators that oh, are friends of ours. Oh, yeah. Nice. 
Yeah. Uh, I'm gonna have to. I'm gonna have to bail out after this break because I gotta go to work tomorrow morning. So. All right. Right. P-Hud, why don't you throw in your own ad? Say, hey, guys, here's a message from P-Hud. All right. There's a message from P-Hud's jerky. No, (laughs) No, I I make my own jerky and salsa. That's what he's talking about. Uh, And uh, it's just uh, just something that I had always wanted to do for myself. And everybody I shared it with loved it. Oh, you ought to sell it. You ought to sell it. So I started selling it. So I make beef beef turkey chicken lamb vegan and uh just recently toyed around with some duck and some deer and uh we're on the street is he might be getting some colorado elk too what do you have a website uh i got a facebook page um and an instagram so what is it p huds jerky yeah p huds jerky yeah sorry yeah or you can yeah p huds jerky is what it is on facebook yeah just p P dash HUD. Do you do any like organs of such? Any what? Organs. Make jerky out of organs? Yeah. Do you like dehydrate organs to sell? <laughs> no, no. I, I never heard of that. Yeah. Okay. Fair enough. David's on an organ kick lately and it's been working well for his it health. Is some good shit. Show him them guns, brother. I thought you said organ at first, but you said organs. I was like, hell yeah. <laughs> like what people dehydrate the uh, like heart and liver and stuff? Or yep, exactly. I was gonna pause this while I left to go to the bathroom, but you could just leave and come back. Yeah, I'm gonna do that. Still be going on. I'm just gonna leave, guys. Y'all continue on. I'll be back in a moment. Yeah, where do you source your uh, your protein from then? Well, uh, the beef I've just been getting from Sam's because I could okay. get good quality and a uh, good price. They use eye of round, so it's a real lean cut and I don't have to do much to it. <clears throat> it's tender. Um, the uh, same thing for the lamb, okay. but the duck uh, I've been getting from local hunters uh, yeah, that's good because you can't buy. Um, they can't, they're not allowed to sell wild uh duck that's fair yeah you can't so uh and that came out that was my first run on the duck and it came out really good Nice. Uh, i don't know if i'm going to be able to get enough to really sell it oh i've done alligator too um that came out good too uh how did you get that how do you get the alligator uh got it from a friend in florida when i went to visit he had some alligator Um, every time i come in across an alligator on red dead redemption it just fucking eats me Well, that's the wrong game, right? Yeah. The uh, but I mean, here you know, I'm I'm in Southwest and Cajun country in Lafayette, Louisiana. So I mean, I can go into pretty much any store and buy alligator. But um, this my my first run out. It was actually from a family friend in in uh, Florida where I got the alligator from. But uh, that so that was that was really good uh, too. But uh, and the vegan jerky, I had some friends request that, so I toyed around with that and. That came out surprisingly well too, because there's a lot of people that are vegan, vegan jerky, vegan jerky. Yeah. What's it made out of then? Soy curls. And I just have a a marinade that I soak it in and then I dehydrate it. And it's got a great, it's really not good. It's uh, yeah, it's got a nice meaty texture and good marinade. And uh, so, yeah, that's different. Cause like me and the wife, we're like on a, a carnivore esque diet. Uh-huh. So like we'll take corn we'll do meat based but then we do a lot of organs as well but we don't really mess with a lot of protein uh soy protein s stuff so yeah i think 
the stuff I've been hearing, you got to be careful how much soy you consume, <clears throat> especially as a man, <clears throat> because of it uh, acting like estrogen in your system. Yeah, soy is estrogen, so yeah, yeah we don't we don't mess with that. But um, so, no, that's why that's why I'm curious because we we eat organs pretty regularly in our diets uh, because it's very nutrient dense and all that. But you know, I'm just curious because I like a good jerky. That's some good meat. Yeah, yeah it is good. Well, actually, I just had a guy when the guy gave me the uh, the duck breasts. Um, he gave me a bunch of duck legs too, and he gave me a couple bags of duck gizzards. Oh, damn, there you go. And uh, so I've never thought about maybe trying to dehydrate that or something, you know? Yeah, try the gizzard because I've had like dehydrated uh, liver before and it's very, very irony. So uh-huh. it's not it's not really the best flavor induced. So these organs, they dehydrate yeah, them but it, down to good. like. I mean, dude, it like give you that fucking boost that you didn't know you needed. But the. the really? They dehydrate it to the point where, like, it's like the meat jerky is dehydrated, or is it still a little moist, or what? Well, yeah, it's no. There's no moisture at all. Your saliva is what lubricates it, but okay. you can also take it in, like a pill form. You can just fucking shred that shit to to a powder. Yeah, uh, that's what she said, right? Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> it would still work, but it's definitely difficult. I mean, you can't take that shit dry. Okay. Yeah, that's interesting. Yeah, just something different. Might have to look into that. Yeah, I get so confused with like diet stuff. You know, I want I'm trying to do the I want to do like a good diet. I just how do you know what the best diet is? I I I guess that you can't know, and it's probably different based on your physiology. But I love jerky. I I I love it. What do you guys do when it comes to like what you? How do you choose which diet to go with? So the best diet is the one that works for you, right? You know, like you just said, it's really difficult to choose one that's best. So like, I like to live a carnivore-esque diet, but like with mild fruits and vegetables, really. So like, I'll take um, organ supplements and then I'll have a meat-based diet based off of that. But your organ supplements is better for you because you get more nutrient dense supplements from that as opposed to taking like lab generated vitamin D, C, E, K, A, all those that you need, but you can get it from, I mean, I take, I take liver supplements every single day. So very good. I mean, it works for us and that's what matters to us. Yeah. I recommend at least trying it. Take your shirt off, David. Let's have a look. Yeah, let's let me get a look at that. Oh, there's too <laughs> many representations. Yeah. <laughs> look, I drank, I drank to... too much beer tonight. <laughs> 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 it's like too much. That would be hilarious. Man. <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of you just my only opinion is to do um I, I highly recommend taking organs, beef, liver, spleen, testicle. For a guy, it's a good, it's a good boost, man. It's good for you. I'm, yeah. I'm writing all this down, actually. Yeah, so. dude, dude. You like that stuff? Hey, heart and soil is um, a really <laughs> good just, New England, like or no, not even New England, but it's just a good base. I recommend it. Heart and soil. What'd you say? Heart, heart and soil? Yeah, Google it. That's okay. what we take. There's a couple good supplements that they do. Me and the wife take it. Um, we got pregnant within like a month and a half. That's both of them too. Yeah, that's the good. miracle of this shit. Yeah, David she, got pregnant. Yeah, well. took like some, that's, that's amazing. 
<laughs> some like some cow with child. base, and I took bull base. And did you put it yeah, there? We got pregnant real quick. It's really good. Patriot. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, now I'm gonna try all that stuff. I'd like to get yeah, pregnant. Dude. Hey, yeah. back to your, your roots. Okay. Hey, let's take a moment just to appreciate how handsome these sons of bitches are in this studio. You today. guys are good looking. I have to say, you really are good looking. <laughs> but you got some handsome. Once this stream is over, the OnlyFans on, it's wild. Like if you guys could see the bottom of my desk, I, I'm I'm tubing right now, but you just can't see it. <laughs> nice. Oh, yeah, awesome. Sticky as shit, huh? He <laughs> doesn't wear pants. this is good stuff good stuff guys all right guys i gotta run uh gotta get up early we love you brother you've been a uh, pinnacle for this whole podcast we appreciate it yeah very much love you all right thanks for having me y'all have a good night thank you pcl's true hemp science sticker on the back of the computer there that's good yeah that's our that and instacart and p hugs jerky is like our only sponsor these days yeah well they're good man true and science yeah they're awesome shit yep charlie was on our 99 episode and uh he gave an awesome testimony if anybody hadn't heard that last that episode go listen to it because he was we were going to the ad and then he gave a whole speech about how it worked for him and it was pretty damn cool it's like this is perfect i knew nothing about cbd or hemp or anything we did a, a hemp cast um a month ago and i i just learned so much about it that i never knew you know how beneficial it could be because they, we you get focused on pharmaceutical stuff and you get away from natural but christopher from true hemp science he knew like all of that shit and he kind of like laid it out and we also had aviva who she made a documentary i think called hempdemic is the name of it and had lots of great knowledge now i'm totally going to butcher what they told us but you guys might you guys probably can help me fix it where it's like she said you put some sort of hemp seed in your mouth and then you bury it and then it will grow catered towards your dna like almost wow you know that's awesome for your for your health it will grow if you have if it's grown with your um dna and saliva and i was blown away by that that sounds like the same thing i told my wife (laughs) (laughs) hey now (laughs) this is a seed yeah yeah right sounds pretty damn good yeah no yeah you have to have sex with the hemp too is what Where, where did Jeremy go? He just his chairs are sitting there, and we're in the Apocalypse City. I can't tell what's going on. I think on. he's there. It just faded in and out like his baby was doing a moment ago. Yeah, this is the green yeah, screen. He's got to take care of the child. His background's pretty wicked. Yeah, good for him though. Yeah, you can do that with these backgrounds. You can fuck with them, and you can make it look like you're visible. So he could very well just be sitting there, but have his background faded the other way just to see what we say while he's yeah. gone. Right. Oh, he's what's on. up? <laughs> yeah, he might just be back there watching us. <laughs> so, so, Brad, you born and raised in Georgia? Uh, yes, I was born in Snellville, Georgia, where um, everybody is somebody used to be our slogan. And then they changed it to where everybody uh, uh, was it Snellville. Everybody is somebody. And then it was where everybody hopes to be somebody. I don't know why they changed oh, it. Shit. Okay. It was a little bit. It was yeah. like they downgraded it a little bit. Like everybody's Moralized. not somebody. Everybody just hopes to be somebody. <laughs> maybe. Nice. So, they, yeah, people are getting in over their heads. They're saying, I'm somebody. I'm from Snellville. They're like, no, no, no. You just hope to be somebody. Yeah, we just hope that. You Ho- hopefully. There's, there's <laughs> yeah, that one yeah, person they're like, not you. <laughs> yeah, no, sorry. He ruins the whole fucking slogan. Let's change this shit. <laughs> I hope you become somebody, but yeah. not yeah. yet. Yeah. We, so you're a Braves fan, though, correct? Oh, yeah, man. I, I went to one of the games when 
they clinched against the uh, the Brewers. That's the first game I've been to in a while, and it was it was awesome. My my brother played baseball at Georgia Tech. My brother's my middle brother. He's ten years older than me, and so I was just a kid. He played at Georgia Tech with Jason Veritak and Nomar Garcia Para, and Damn. I used to sit in the stands. And that's uh, I, I did comedy and improv and stuff a, a lot in my uh, younger years, and so that's kind of where I learned to do that. I would heckle as a kid, and the players just throw gum up at me and stuff, and I would like fight with the uh, college kids and the other teams. So I, I loved it, but I was just such a huge fucking fan. Uh, it was so exciting. And, and my brother ended up playing in the minors for a while. I got Mike Piazza's autograph because Mike Piazza was big nice. shit when my brother Money. first got drafted. Yeah. And he yeah. signed an MP. Couldn't even sign his full fucking name. He's just MP. That's all I got was MP. Uh, but it's cool. Whatever. It's cool to meet him. And my brother actually played for the Durham Bulls when Snicker was a coach there, the Braves' current coach who won the World Series. So that was kind of cool. He's, my brother told me that uh, Snicker was like the coolest coach. He's a player's coach, a really nice guy. And uh, that it's just great that he won. And I, it's still hard to believe that the Braves won because I'm a Georgia Tech fan also. And if you know anything about Southern sports and, and, and Georgia Tech, then you know that Georgia Tech fans suffer. Nobody chooses to be a Georgia Tech fan. I was born into it because <laughs> my dad, my brother, my sister went there. I didn't have any critical faculties when i first started watching georgia tech so it's kind of like being gay that you don't choose it you're just kind of born and it happens <laughs> i would choose to be an alabama fan okay so i've yeah. suffered a long long time i'm sorry there's a moment there yeah stan, stan strong gay. didn't choose to be gay he's just gay nobody did it's just happening it's like yeah people love it when you compare brother. being a georgia tech fan <laughs> to sure, being gay Western they totally relate too yeah no, I tell that to every gay person I met. I say, yeah, I'm a Georgia Tech fan. I, I get I get it. I get it. Man. <laughs> yeah, but the Braves and Tech always losing, always losing. And then this year they actually won, and it was just like surreal. It was yeah. great. It's awesome. You guys are Rockies fans, or not all of you, but. No, not really, man. I don't think any None of us Rockies are actually fans, from Colorado. Yeah. Yeah, hey, fuck the Rockies. Yeah. So well, most, well, being from Wyoming, you're kind of you're a natural Rockies fan. Okay. So same with the Utah Jazz. You're a Jazz fan, and you're a Rockies fan, and you're a Denver Bronco fan because Wyoming has nothing. They got UW, their their college team, of course. Yep. Isn't Wyoming the most? Uh, I don't know the right term for this, but the least populated state in the United that's States. That's the exact right term. For yeah. That. Okay. That's it. So that's probably why. <laughs> that's why probably is it the Utah Jazz? Why are they named the Jazz? Because it's terrible. They, they could. They <laughs> They were bought from New Orleans. Yes. Right. Yeah. Yes. So most of us here are from Louisiana, right? So like we're either Saints fans or God help us. Yeah. Or Astros fans, really. So we hate the Braves and we hate the Falcons. Right. The Falcons. The Falcons are terrible. Dirty birds. No, I just the Falcons score two and a half points a game. They're the most boring team on the planet to watch. It's just horrible. I like it. Yeah. It's horrible. It's just funny that like they would take a name from New Orleans, which very much is jazz and music, yeah, right. and yeah. put it in in Utah, which is very much Mormons and polygamy. It's <laughs> yeah, just soaking. weird. Yeah, you know those <laughs> motherfuckers don't play no jazz music. <laughs> I know. Yeah, but they came from New Orleans. That's that's where the, yeah, they, they that's used that, to be the New yeah. Orleans team. It was like one dude who just wanted six wives, so he's like, "I'm going to Utah, and we're going to have the jazz, and I'm going to have a bunch of wives, and life's going to." It be should be good. Utah jizz. Let's be honest. Yeah, yeah. the Utah jizz. It's perfect, <laughs> and it sucks works. for you guys. Yeah. I could you guys are the Pelicans now, that. though. You guys should still be the uh, the New Orleans Pelicans. I know it's the state bird, right? It, it, yep. the, the New Orleans Pelican. Jazz. Terrible. Yeah, I love right, the brown yeah. pelican. I think it's a beautiful bird. I'm just throwing that out there. It is what it is. It's, it's fair. They're beautiful. It is, it is a very sexy bird. 
they're they're sexy. They're painted. They're beautiful. <laughs> Welcome back, Jeremy. They're uh, they're the white pelican is magnificent on its own, but you look at the brown one, it's like it's right. The brown one's not quite as magnificent. Is that what you're saying, dude? Hey, what it is what it is. <laughs> yeah. They've had a little bit to drink tonight. <laughs> I am I am all right. True story, guys. I am drunk right now. I'm I've had enough crown and cokes that um, boyfriend keeps making me, and I'm gone. Yep. Yeah, yeah, you sand. deserve it, dude. I feel like we should take like a Photoshop and do like the Avengers, bro. We got Loki. We got we got all Captain America. We got who are we? What's our characters, man? I don't know, man. I don't know. I don't know man. Did you I just make me Captain America? Yeah, because you're Captain. You stand strong, man. That's cool. Spider Man. Iron Man. Oh yeah, you could be Spider Man. Yeah, you could be little Peter Parker. That's cool. Yeah, Peter Parker. Hey, I'm a big ass Peter Parker. <laughs> big ass Peter Parker. Yeah, yeah. He's oh, Peter Parker. Hung as shit, <laughs> dude. Peter Parker's ripped, man. Did you guys see the new Spider-Man yet? Yes. Yeah. No, Detective Stan Strong and I just watched it last night, right? Do you night. like it? Yeah. I loved it. It was uh, it almost made me cry like three times. Dude. Like, I cried. I totally cried when I they I don't want to ruin it, but I cried. Spoiler alert. Yeah, I won't I won't spoil it. Let's throw some spoilers. When they gave that hug on top of the building and they came in on the side when MJ and his best friend, I definitely cried at that. Mm-hmm. That was yeah, yeah. it's a good scene. You haven't seen it yet either. All right, oh, dude. I got, I got that plex. I'm gonna watch it. Tonight. Right. Yeah. Oh, got him. Um, yeah, there were some moments in that movie. Uh, I knew a lot of spoilers because I can't stay off the damn YouTubes. And um, I can't either. <laughs> I'm, I'm a kind of a, a comic book nerd when it comes to those movies. A lot of the like the big characters, I, I really get into it. I get excited about it. The new Batman movie, I'm super excited about. Really, even though it's so boring. I, man, I gave Heath Ledger so much shit that he was the Joker, and then I watched it. I was like, "Holy shit, I was wrong." So I'm not gonna give Patterson any problems because I you gave Heath Leather shit, dude. When I was, I'm a huge Joker fan from the jump. I came out as a he Joker fan. Fantastic. I know, but I didn't know that when he got casted for it. I was like, "Why would they cast a pretty boy as Joker?" Yeah, a he was nice ten tale. things I hate about you, guy. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> uh, ten things I hate about you and a Night's nice Tale was like his two biggest movies, and then he's the Joker. I'm like. Why would I, in my head? I was like, why wouldn't they bring like an older guy like Michael Keaton? Like he played Batman. I bring him in as the Joker. He's twisted. That'd be awesome. Oh, that's that's cool. Yeah, and I was like, I was my mind was in a different place. And then a first opening scene, that bank robbery thing. I was like, holy shit! He I fucking killed it, man. Joker. <laughs> yeah, it's like I can't like uh, Stan Strong asked me the other day, like because he knows how much of a Joker fan I am, and him and I have this ongoing joke about him being Batman and I'm the Joker because of our relationship. <laughs> And um, it's really weird. <laughs> I'm a serial killer. He's a homicide detective. On, we just, yeah. It just goes that way. And, uh, yeah. and he asked me, I was like, I can't answer that because the Joker and like, how did you, you said it in a good way. Like they're, they're two different, they're two different sides of the same guy. So yeah. yeah. It was, an, it was yeah. insane. Yeah. And, and they both nailed it. And like, you can't compare them. They're just, it's like chicken and steak. I need them both. It's like, such a fun movie to watch. Like I could rewatch that movie. It, it never gets old watching that movie. Which one? Uh, the, which way it's bat not the middle it's the middle one with the joke he thread yeah it's just such yeah, a good yeah. movie it is good. It, you're a comic book fan have you seen i i personally the daredevil series on netflix was awesome i thought yes and yep. when they fucking got rid of it i was like it's bullshit and then they're like we're gonna bring it back on disney plus and then they're like well we're gonna give like a scene to matt murdoch occasionally to tease you about daredevil and, and then we're gonna bring kingpin in I, I really I don't know if you've seen it yet, but Kingpin spoiler. does make an appearance. Yeah, he may, it's it's not a spoiler. Like, people know I'm not. I won't give any details. Kingpin makes an appearance in Disney in a Disney Plus of you know show. Yeah, and it's really good. I love Kingpin. Have you seen the show? Too, I'm man. talking yeah. about Kingpin's good, man. He's it's like, awesome. Good. 
I, I've, I've always liked it. I like, I love Spider-Man villains. I've always, Spider-Man and Batman, I think I've always had the best villains and uh, Kingpin has like never been done in the movies the right way. I think what uh, was the guy, Michael Clark Duncan played him in one of them and it was terrible. But when the bat Ben Affleck thing, that movie was garbage. We'll pretend that didn't <laughs> yeah. happen. But that guy, uh, Vincent D'Onofrio that played Kingpin in the modern stuff, that guy nails it, man. He, he nailed gets, it, man. It's awesome. so much depth to that character. It makes yeah. it so awesome. I love I'm the so fight, that man. Back. Yeah. The fight between him and the Punisher. Hell yeah. It's awesome. And it it's is so, so good. awesome. Yeah. yeah. And uh, do we want to throw spoilers? But yeah, I'm, I'm just happy that they're back in this world, man. I'm so That's not a spoiler. I, I mean, people, it's not really a spoiler. The details JP might and would David be. David haven't seen it yet. That's on them, man. Fuck them. <laughs> <laughs> well, it, it's so the premise, the premise up, of the right? show. It's, it's pretty. Yeah. 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 It's yeah. not going to spoil anything and you'll enjoy it when you see it. It's cool. Yeah, and then for the new Batman movie coming out, Robert Pattinson, of course he's a Twilighter, but he he himself doesn't like the fact that he was a Twilighter. But the dude made the right career movie; he made a shitload of money off of that. I thought he was a little bitch playing that character too. But <laughs> he's a pretty good actor. If you watch yeah. the um, the Lighthouse movie, and there's a, a movie on Netflix Netflix where he plays some kind of like dude that's caught up in the wrong shit, and he's trying to protect his little brother brother, and it's a super high pace. Uh, crime uh twist like movie and that is a really good movie and it's nobody knows about it um i have to look it up and put it on here but check that movie out he's a he's a damn good actor i think he's gonna do a good batman he's a little thinner than unlike batman he's, to be, but he's neurotic and if you're neurotic yeah. you play you can do a good batman if, if you commit to it i think he was in like a time travel movie too i saw that i, I can't remember the name it was I, it was so confusing but very interesting uh, name yeah. will come to me yeah, so, so weird. the whole Heath Ledger thing made me never, I'll never judge a guy yeah. or a girl that acts before I give him a chance because Heath Ledger killed that shit. Like, his Joker was incredible. It was awesome. It was the best. What do you think about that? So I can't remember all the theory from back when it happened. Um, we are on Truth of Theory. So Ooh, Heath Ledger, right. shortly before he here. died, he was like with the Olsen twins, not the one who plays the, uh, the, the witch, Wanda witch, was but the, Olsen? yeah, the, right. The oh. night, a couple nights before something like that. And there was some weird uh, drug stuff. I, I don't remember the full details. Yeah. Supposedly he was with, I believe Mary Kate Olsen, one of the twins. And, um, nice. he was in a, I do, I heard this dude screwed a lot of like big actresses back in the day. Like, uh, Lindsay Lohan supposedly put out a list of all the big names that she screwed in Hollywood, and he's one of them. <laughs> yeah, uh, she's that that girl ran through some damn actors, man. Holy crap! I, I like. Uh, I thought she's hot, man. <laughs> I, mean, I can't do the gingers. None of us gonna go complain. <laughs> but um, anyway, uh, so him and Mary Kate were like they were like casual bud buddies or something, and I think they were messing around with some drugs, and he did him a concoction that the story is that he made a concoction that didn't work for him, and that shut him down. That's and they found yeah. this hotel. And she had to call it in or something like that. But no, it Joker. well, he did say like Jack Nicholson supposedly warned him that, hey, this character is pretty dark and it's going to get in your head and stay with you and fuck with you. Like I'm giving you a warning, like know that. And I think he did have a lot of issues with that, too. Okay, so uh, regardless of who he fucks, we're going to say that was the reason. Yep. It makes the, it so good. The Joker just got yeah, to him, brother. It makes it so good. Yep. Why so serious? Yeah. Exactly. Dude, phenomenal. Yeah. You want to know how I got these scars? <laughs> that was good. Uh, yeah, that was good. Thank you. I'm drunk. I, I could probably do it better. I hopefully it was okay. Um, but yeah, I freaking love. And then Joaquin Phoenix's Joker, probably my favorite movie. 
The Departed was my favorite movie for a while, and then now it's a tie-up between The Joker. Because I freaking love that damn movie. It just speaks to me. The sound, the, the score they did, that lady, that's I forgot she's from like the Netherlands or some shit. She's a composer. But the score that she made for that movie and his scenes are like just fucking beautiful. And the guy did the center for cinematography, nailed it too. Like the the hue on all the scenes that they have is just so pretty. So you talking about Rust, the movie? Or wait, what? Jakeem. Yeah, that guy. Joaquin. Joaquin. Joaquin Phoenix. Or Heath Ledger? Yes. He didn't he didn't listen to us. Apparently we have to go back 30 minutes because yeah, steak and chicken, brother. 30 seconds. It's all it, takes, right? it gets confusing where they where they're crossing the, the multiverse and stuff and doing all these movies, but it does get confusing. Yeah. Yeah. What right, do you thank if, you? If you can it, only right? eat steak or so chicken, like, which, which, which one would you Joker? choose, man? What's can't. your favorite joker? I can't. Two different variations of the same Joaquin, crazy character. Joaquin plays a psychopath and but they're both psychopaths. Heath Ledger plays the more criminal mastermind conspiracy guy. Yeah. They're Actually, yeah. they're making mentally a unstable Joaquin. Yeah. is like that joker, I think. They're making a second joker right now too, which normally I wouldn't be on board for, but everybody's back on board for this. They're all signed back on for it. So I, I have a lot and this will be Joaquin Phoenix's first sequel he's ever done his whole acting career because he's not big on that kind of stuff. Yeah. So the fact that he's got confidence in it and the screenplay and everything, I'm excited as shit about it cuz if they go into a true Harley Quinn situation where that's That'd his doctor awesome. and his therapist, like how it really is, and he's killing all his therapists at the Arkham Asylum and everybody's like done trying to help this guy. And then she comes in and he lures her into all his crazy ways of thinking and she breaks him out. I'm fucking sold, man. I'll yeah, that'd be happy. fantastic, dude. Yeah. yeah. That's like I, so the, the ultimate. Joaquin movie. Phoenix, it, it, have you seen that interview with like David Letterman where he's like putting gum yeah. on the desk and he, he's just, he's such an eccentric guy. He did that mm -hmm. rap documentary. I mean, he's yep. totally an actor just, mm -hmm. just getting into shit and doing like crazy shit, which is, I think probably why he does. He can find the like um, nuances in the roles he does because to play mm -hmm. the Joker after Heath Ledger did is, is like a, that's a tall task, it is. but he took a totally different take on it. Yeah. yeah. It's impressive. And he almost got out of acting at one point, too, because his oldest brother, River Phoenix, who died young, who was a great actor, too, told him to stick with it. And then, and then he ended up dying shortly after. So he, like, almost left acting. And so we would have never even got some of these movies like Gladiator, all the crazy movies Gladiator. that he's made. Uh, <laughs> one of my favorite Joaquin, movie, Joaquin Phoenix movies that's out there that nobody really knows about is, um, shit, I'm drunk and I can't remember the title of it now. But it's a murder mystery type movie. And it's, like, super dark humor. Vince Vaughn's in it. And uh, oh, clay pigeons. Anybody hasn't seen clay pigeons, go watch that movie. That. Check that out. Freaking awesome. It has done so well. And there's so many really good actors that are in there, and it's just flew under the radar. Um, but it's a beautifully done movie. So uh, what do you think you about this multiverse? Gotham. What's that, Jeremy? Gotham. Were you, were you guys fans of Gotham? Speaking I, of all the Batman stuff. I watched like uh I don't know how many seasons they put out, but I watched a few of them and then I, my life got crazy and I fell off. And I didn't keep up with it, but from what I saw, it was entertaining. Uh, I enjoyed it. What about I, you? I, I never have ever been into like superhero stuff or anything like that. But Ben McKenzie, I, I was a, <laughs> I was a big the OC fan. So when he was the was that the Batman character in Gotham Gordon. or or no whatever character yeah whatever character oh, he played yeah. in Gotham, I followed him to that. And I actually enjoyed the show. Yeah, so he does a good curious. job. I always thought, uh, what's his name? Benjamin McKenzie? I yeah. always thought he looked like a, he could play a good uh, young Russell Crowe if they ever did a movie where those two were correlated in some kind of way. I can see that. 
Aren't they doing a Gladiator sequel or what? something like that? That's one of the few movies out there that makes me cry. The end of that movie makes me cry. Yeah. That's like a life changing. Yeah. It's a great movie. I, I love when he when he's like, are, are you not entertained? It's just yeah. fantastic. I could watch that all day. It's the awesome. Whole, the whole um the African guy that plays his friend in that movie where he tells him not yet, that whole thing makes me just makes me so emotional. I, I'm like you, dude. I, I I get emotional in comic book movies. And some of some sometimes I'll be like, Yeah, so like the Spider-Man was totally uh, like I would expect to get emotional about that. But like other times I'll just be like, why am I fucking tearing up right now? They're just yeah. having a fight scene. What is going on? It's just like yeah. for no reason. <laughs> Stan Strong warned me of a scene that got him emotional because he had seen it once before and he went watch it again with me. Um, and he warned me that there was a scene that got him. And I was like, oh, shit, it's going to make me cry because everything's making me cry. Lately. Like I'm like a little bitch, man. <laughs> Since I got off all the pharmaceutical stuff, my body's like trying to adjust it. And I get so emotional about everything. You're fucked. I am. I cry about everything. It, it was one that caught me off guard, too. It's not like the big one that everybody thinks would make you emotional. It was one that I was like, oh, that caught me. Um, how can we say it so he knows, but they don't know? Just give him a clue. You've seen it, right, Brett? What and what are you talking? I don't know. I don't know oh yeah, I see Spider Man. Yeah. 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 Um, yeah, yeah. there was kind of like a redemption scene for MJ. Yeah, with with MJ, where it was like there was like a correlation between another person that wasn't able to be saved. Oh, sense. absolutely! That was a yeah. fantastic moment because you see his eyes. And no, fantastic! Eyes that that moment sticks out to me more than any other. Moment. I told my friend, I was like that. You know, there was a lot of stuff that I. About the, I don't want to ruin it, but the the multiverse aspect of it, where I was like, yeah. some of that was a little bit. Um, we're just kind of cashing in, and, and was, but that moment right there, I was like, that was a great job of acting, yeah. and and that moment is very brief, but it was fantastic. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, he did I a great have, job. I still haven't seen Andrew Garfield's second Spider-Man movie, his <laughs> last one. Yeah. Um, and I know that that one. That was a good, that was the lizard and shock. Jamie Foxx was a shocking dude. Yeah, shock, whatever the hell his name is, Shocker. Homecoming or something like that. Electro, by the way, Shocker and Electro, are two different people. Yeah, Shocker. Oh, really? Is what you do on your woman? Shocker. Yeah, that's right. That's what I thought Whoa. too. <laughs> Welcome to the Patreon, guys. <laughs> <laughs> two in the pink. It's the last, last episode. Shocker. Yeah. Glad the Shocker's universally known. That's good. Um, <laughs> knows. But uh, I was at. We were talking about like who our favorite Spider Mans were out of Toby. Andrew Garfield and Tom Holland before we started watching the movie. And uh, I'm, I think Tom Holland's the best, but he made a good point that like Andrew Garfield's a really good at Spider-Man, like the Spider-Man character. Toby was like good. The Peter Parker. And, uh, yeah. Yeah. It, yeah. No, right. Yeah. Toby's like a good nerd. Andrew Garfield's yes, exactly. good. Yeah. Spider-Man's good at being sarcastic. Nerd. But I think really, Tom yeah. Holland's probably the best at all balancing those out. Yeah. Cause he's a he, he's so damn acrobatic in real life. He does a lot of those crazy flips. All mm-hmm. those there's yeah, not even stunts. He's too good looking though. You can't have a Spider Man that's like the stud fanboy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you can't have it. He's too good looking. Yeah, this yeah made I, he's Garfield. Nerd I would say is too. Dude. Like the um, Toby Maguire is the one who fits the uh, super nerdy. You would never. Yeah, yeah he yeah. looks like a fucking nerd. <laughs> he does love him. He's so great, damn, but it's like perfect, dude. Shout out Toby McGuire. We know you're watching. Yeah. Sure I heard he. I, I don't know personally, but I heard he's a dirtbag. I don't know if that's yeah, true or not. Have you guys same. heard anything like that? Well, he's <laughs> they been. Say that's what fame does to you. He's been best friends with Leonardo DiCaprio since they were teenager actors. So they've they've been on that high horse of living in oh, a high God. class. Yeah. Sal- Could yeah. you imagine if celebrity. your best friend was Leo DiCaprio? Yeah. When you're a kid, he, like, what was he in? Um, fucking boat. <laughs> He was a Titanic. fucking kid, and what was that show? 
I almost said perfect strangers. He wasn't in perfect strangers, but it's, it, it was one of those 80s shows. He was, he was go, the, uh, Growing Pains, wasn't he? Growing Pains. Thank yeah. you. That's what it was. Growing Pains. And then he did uh, uh, What's Eating Gilbert Grape was like his big breakthrough act, movie acting role where he played the special. Guy. That's right. Yeah. Can I ask you guys a question? I want to get y'all's thoughts on this. We, we talked about this just briefly um, earlier in, in our uh, uh, DPP. So I think that Britney Spears right now is, I think it's probably part of the psyop, but ever since Britney Spears got freed from her uh, conservatorship, mm -hmm. it's just been like, I'm going to be naked on Instagram all the time. Yeah, it's just time. nothing but weird naked commentary that makes everybody go, maybe your dad was right. And she yeah. did it again today. Another yeah. weird story where she had like covered nipples and she was wearing a fucking choker. And I, I love Britney Spears. The her, I remember when I was a kid, that music video came out. I actually went to one of her concerts. I, I was, I was in love with her. Like a lot of people my age were. And I, I think that like, I think she's being used for some sort of like weird, like all she, all she does is, it's, I'm start, starting to expect to be like Britney Spears posting her having sex with her boyfriend on Instagram and the conservatorship gets reinstated or something like that happened. What do you guys think about all that? Yeah, I mean, I see, I see it too. I seen the post that you're talking about. She, she's definitely a lot of, and same with like all the outfits. She's like, look at my outfit. And then she just like always trying to pull her shorts down and spinning around. It's like her dad prevented her from doing that. Now she's just, yeah. she's free and, and doing all of that weird stuff. Well, yeah, the conservatorship was there for a reason. And because the public thinks it's a bad thing, the public's not right. Okay. And that's right. the problem with like 90% of the shit that goes public. The public is stupid. We don't know the facts. And with Brittany, I'm pretty sure we can all agree that she probably should be under some sort of observation because. I mean, could you imagine being 16 years old and idolized by every man in the world? Absolutely. She has like a Michael Jackson thing where she is yeah, only ever known being idolized. Yep. Yep. I'd agree with it. She probably has some issues going on, but that, and she probably should be on the conservatorship, but it doesn't also doesn't necessarily mean that her dad, Jamie Spears or whatever the fuck his name is, yeah, is the best person for the oh. job. Well, he's probably I the mean, reason she's crazy, robbing her for the money <laughs> yeah. the whole time. Right? Yeah. I mean, any, that's I a mean, great point. I think any, she gets to spend less than any of us make in a year, and she's worth more than God. Yeah. I feel yeah, bad for money. Her. Doesn't matter when you're fucking crazy. Yeah, any decent parent would have never let her go down a lot of the paths that she went down at such an early age, too. So that, that reflects on um, whatever the hell his name is, her parents. I can't remember um, the guy. What is his name? Jamie? Jamie Spears? And then whatever the mom's name is, I can't remember. But they, they both are kind of nutty. And anybody who puts their kids in Hollywood when they're um, underage and stuff. I, I feel like a Catholic schoolgirl outfit when she was yeah. 14. That's like her launch, you know, oops, I right. did it again. Is that what it was? Maybe yeah, it was uh, your bait for creepiness. Like, I yeah. mean, I was definitely like 14 like, oh, when that came out. Me too. I it was, was like, amazing. I loved her after <laughs> yeah. that, dude. Yeah, we all <laughs> yeah. masturbated to her. Let's be totally. honest. Totally. Right. Let's, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think she's a, a year or two years older than me, or maybe three. But uh, yeah, when she first came out, I was like, it's just the hottest thing on the planet. Me totally. And my were like, holy crap, this is awesome. Let's watch that video again. Right. There was her and, and Christina Aguilera. And yeah. Yeah, but man, anybody that like I can never imagine I'm a father to daughters. I would never put my kids in Hollywood doing shit like that. Like, did you have to be 
you got to be mentally fucked I mean, to try to make money off your daughters. You got to think you have to have child actors. Like you have to have. Yeah. I mean, right. movies have kids in them. You know, it's just part of it. But you don't need to like sexualize them like that. Okay, Dude, so I, like your male yeah. version would be like Macaulay Culkin, right? Was that your your male version? Kinda, yeah. Uh, well, I, I think Michael movie. Jackson also, but Macaulay Culkin, who was associated with Michael Jackson, he used to stay with Michael Jackson uh, at his ranch and stuff, and he actually defended hurts. Michael Jackson. Man, that's that hurts to hear. It's all that. weird, so, twisted. Yeah. Well, yeah. I'm just saying, like, okay, so you have your male and your female version of child stars who have like grown up into the limelight. How do you handle them with the fame? So, like Britney Spears, for example, is like a fucking. I wouldn't say she's a sex addict, but like everyone looks at her as a sexual object. Right. And Macaulay Culkin is the exact opposite. He's oh, like I, no, I, sexual object. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, we're dudes. I don't think girls go after him that way, but he definitely looks more like a crackhead than Macaulay Culkin. Object. Did you guys see his um, Home Alone thing from a few years ago? He did like a. It was just like a short film that he did where it was uh, Kevin McAllister comes back. So he reprised the character, except he, he's older. And he was he did this thing where it started off with kind of like Home Alone, but then it just went off the fucking psycho deep end and he kidnapped somebody and he was just fucking murdering people. It's fucking hilarious. <laughs> it's great. No, I've I, I watched that. <laughs> that sounds good. <laughs> I, I heard I've heard it. him on podcasts yeah. and he actually comes off fairly normal. Like he's like, I just kind of dipped out of everything and went to France and like avoided all the bullshit. Man, this place is haunted right now. Yeah, you saw that? Yeah. yeah. I mean, dude, I'd be down to watch him do some other stuff, but he's when in it comes to Britney Spears, like that's a lot of I wouldn't say pedophilia, but at the same time, it's a lot of pedophilia with her. Yeah. It's like there's a lot of grown ass men that still look at her the same way. Right. Can y'all name anybody that grew up in Hollywood as a kid actor, made it to adulthood, that stayed in the business that's not fucked up? I can't think of one. No, I think only the fucked up people are the ones that stay in Hollywood. Wanda? Olsen twin girl. She's a good Wanda. She seems like she's got a straight mind. Drew Barrymore seems all right. Drew Barrymore Barrymore went through a bad, bad phase, man. She She went through a lot of Yeah, for sure. But, I mean, as an adult, she seems like she's... yeah, if you go that route, kind Jason Bateman is also – he went through a rough patch too, but he's a good stand-up guy too. And he's yeah. a child actor. Um, I like Jason Bateman. I like yeah, his stuff. He, yeah, he's got a lot of good movies, and anything he's in is pretty entertaining. He can do comedy or drama. but um, Yeah, he's got that dry wit. Yeah. And I always think about, like, if you describe, like, a white man, like, that's what I picture is Jason Bateman. Totally. Yeah, you're like a casting show, director right? right now. So that's probably like the way they think because he does. He plays that kind of uh, yeah, he's middle aged white. Typical white man. <laughs> late, early, late 30s. Banker. Yeah, you know, he can play any business guy. Yeah. He looks like that. that I can't. What's the, what's the TV show that he was, the sitcom that he was on? That he was oh, like, Arrested Development? Or no, the like, one when he was a kid. kid. When he was a kid. Oh, shit. It was a big um, damn. I can't think of it. it I can't remember. It was, they used to just play it with the Urkel show. Yeah, back to back. I don't think it was back to back with the Urkel show. It was. It was I like, miss it. That was my era of after school TV shows. Maybe it was before then. I yeah, think I, it was before. Yeah, then. I think it was. I think it was the generation before that because he was. Um, he's a little older than J- Jaleel White. Um, what the hell was uh, the Urkel show called? I can't think of that. 
Home Improvement. Home, I no, mean, that's... Family Matters. Sorry. <laughs> family Matters. Yeah. Family no, home, matters. home Improvement was the other guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I used to love Family Matters. I, know, I mix them all up. Family Matters. So Allen. for oh, me, oh, it was oh, Saved oh, by the oh, Bell, Family oh, Matters. God, I love Saved by the Bell. Uh, and we also got to see a bunch of Brady Bunch and yeah, all that shit. It was all after school like spe- specials. TGI Fridays. TGI Fridays. Yeah. Hanging with Mr. Cooper. And <laughs> I remember that one. All those. <laughs> yeah. The television industry has not been Hogan the same family. since. So Little Dude, House, good yeah. shit. Little House on the Prairie and the Hogan Family. That's where Jason Bateman came from as a child actor. He was on Little yeah, House on the Prairie. My time. Yeah, he was one of the little boys in there. My mom used to love Little House on the Prairie, and I thought that was the worst show. My ever. mom liked it's it so too. boring. So that show's so boring. But me and A. Willie are the same age. <laughs> Jeremy, how old are you? I'll be thirty-seven next month. Oh, I'll be fifty-six uh, in two weeks. <laughs> <laughs> now I'm gonna make thirty-eight in May, man. I'm getting old. Getting you're old. just getting started dude just getting started i like you just getting started <laughs> have you guys seen the new saved by the bell the reboot? i saw clips of it i haven't I watched it yet can't get you know what's, to watch it you know what i wished that they would have done with that saved by the bell i told my friend this and this might be a little old twisted but i think it'd be funny especially now so one of the things about the new saved by the bell zach is the mayor that's the premise he's not in very many episodes he just pops in and out every now and then. and he, he still got kelly kapowski who everybody wanted to bang when they were kids right. kelly kapowski the, the girl you know and so zach married her and and slater he's the football coach and jesse spano is like a psychologist she comes in jesse and slater didn't end up together but the new block of spoiler kids, right? Alert. yeah sorry about the spoiler alert. but the new block <laughs> of kids spoiler alerts <laughs> that come in are um, one of them is Zach's kid. One of them is Jesse's kid. And then the rest are just kind of new ones, but they kind of have the same format, except the pretty girl, the Kelly Kapowski of, of this series is a trans actress and is trans. Oh, so Damn. Okay. Wait, in real life. Yes. It's oh, a, shit. yes. Ex- yeah. And, if that wasn't advertised as like a feature of the show, because you have to do this ESG transparency, and it's like a promotional tool. We have a trans actor. You should come watch our show. If you didn't watch it, you probably you you would not be able to tell because this is a per this person is probably like 17 years old, maybe, maybe younger than that. And they have been trans since they were like eight, you know. That so it's been so they've I don't know if they've had surgery or what, but you wouldn't if nobody ever mentioned it you would not you'd never be like that's that person was born a boy or maybe has a penis and i just think it would be kind of twisted if they didn't tell anybody that at all they just let it be and then they let all the people of the younger generations like we when we watched saved by the bell when we were younger see her as the kelly kapowski of their generation and as the Kelly Kapowski of their generation, you know, young boys are going to, you know, go have a moment watching that show and say, that's the hot chick I want to be. And then suddenly at the end of the season, they reveal it's a boy. And all those kids are like, what the fuck? <laughs> no, man, that's wild. That's real. That's that real. No, that's twisted. That'd be a twisted way to think about it. But that's just how I was like, it'd be funny if they did that. But they didn't do that. <laughs> You know, you could really make a good fortune writing these shows, okay? <laughs> yeah, set up for the 21st century. A little there, Andy Kaufman-like tactic there. I like it. 
it's very scary that you would think of that. <laughs> <laughs> well, they do all this shit. And it's just like, well, you know, I remember when I was a kid, it was the Maury Povich show. And it's like, these 10 models and all hot, sexy models, one of them is a trans. And it's like, oh, fuck, I hope I don't get it wrong. You know? And they all are good looking. And you just, you don't want to guess the wrong one because it's like, fuck, why did I guess the wrong one? You start questioning yourself. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You didn't want to do that. <laughs> Guys, we got another guest that just popped in. It's one of my favorites, uh, one of my favorite episodes, one of my favorite guys that's out there. Um, so glad you came in, Nako Nolan. He's got his own podcast, the Armbar Podcast, and he's a, a jiu-jitsu fighter like Jared and I. Or, uh, I mean, Dan Strong, I just blew your name, my bad brother. Um, made but, it almost made it. That's <laughs> fine. That's fine. The alcohol <laughs> got me, brother. Fine. Yeah, but um, Captain Stan Strong, he's a detective. Nako Nolan's a detective. You know him from the Cecil Hotel show on Netflix. Mm -hmm. He was uh, one of the lead detectives on that documentary. Welcome back, Nako Nolan. It's good to see you, brother. What's going on, fellas? Uh, sorry about the. For some reason, I've been in like um, uh, I've been off this whole week, so uh, my days have been off. So I was thinking today was Thursday, and then actually it's Friday. So my bad. My apologies, oh, but uh, I made it. Yeah, I'm glad you made it, man. It doesn't matter when you got here. All that matters is that you got here, and I'm drunk, and I'm sorry. Yeah, we've, we've been on a roller coaster. <laughs> yeah. It's been a fun night. Superheroes and trans, and you name it. Superheroes Murder. and trans, hell yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good name good for time. the <laughs> Superheroes and trans. <laughs> I, and I, I don't... I, I want to hear about... This. I watched the Cecil Hotel documentary. I remember that happened. I, I would... Love to hear just any of your thoughts on it, if that's cool. Yeah, absolutely. I'm an open book. Yeah, whatever you whatever you guys want to talk about, I'm I'm down. What was the ultimate conclusion? The ultimate conclusion was like, um, she was just a mentally disturbed person, and yeah. she had a history of uh, when she would go into like psychotic episode type of things. Uh, she had a history of going uh, secreting herself into very small places so when the, um when she was going through turmoil you know that would kick in and then she would hide under a bed or in closets and what have you so since they they kind of come up with a summary that since he wasn't very familiar with you know where she was staying and all that um that she found this place remarkably which was the water tower and secreted herself in and Ultimately, you know, death by, um, uh, you know, accidental death by a misadventure, yeah. if you will. So, you know, truth is stranger than fiction sometimes. Really is. So the elevator, was she talking to herself, y'all think? Yeah, she was just, you know, she, it's one of the symptoms of when people are going through one of these episodes and mentally decompensating, uh, just seeing things that aren't there, hearing things that aren't there, and just, you know, just breaking down, yeah. unfortunately. It sucks. Yeah, yeah, I yeah absolutely. That not even on drugs and this whole past what two days i've been imagining my buddy stand strong here and he's not even here right now <laughs> he's the tyler durden of my life and i appreciate you guys playing along that he's actually here <laughs> it's been really difficult on studio. <laughs> i know i could be a bit of a nutcase but thank you guys i appreciate it dude i don't you, you think you're not a nutcase at all in my opinion i, I like you gotta you seem like you seem like you got it together but you got a wild streak and I, I love the wild street because it makes me laugh. Thank you, Brad. I love you too, brother. <laughs> <laughs> That's not the alcohol talking. That's straight from the heart, man. 
Uh, Nako, you still training jujitsu with the Gracie brothers? Still training, and with this, uh, this latest wave, it's going to add in something uh, interesting with, you know, how many guys are going to be, uh, how many people are going to be training for the next couple of weeks. So, yeah, still training, still having fun, and, uh, you know, just uh, shucking and jiving, slipping and sliding. So, you know, it's been <laughs> great, you know. Yeah, just trying to stay uh, stay cootie free right now. Like, half the people at work right now uh, out of the, you know, out. Uh, on sick leave due to this so kind of uh putting a hamper on at work and uh, extracurricular activities at the gym and stuff so it's been uh, interesting times saw earlier i uh, checked in on you to see if you're going to make it and you posted something i couldn't make it out because i'm already drunk but gary Busey was with you i know you got some gary Busey stories man he's one of the most interesting people on the planet can you share a yes gary Busey story with us man i was just um yeah i was just at my local spot and uh with uh one of my uh, um, good NYPD buddies and LAPD buddies and uh, Gary came in with his guitar. And uh, I don't know if you guys know, you know, one of the many movies he was in, uh, one of my favorites is the Buddy Holly story. And uh, so he did all the singing and, uh, and, and guitar playing in that, in that movie, which is pretty rare for an actor to do like a biopic and let them sing and play guitar and all that. So he was, you know, he was a uh, whole, whenever he comes in, he's holding court and, He's kind of uh, lives up to the reputation of what, you know, everyone knows him now, but he goes way deeper than that. This guy's like a, a master philosopher and, and teacher and just really? all around unbelievable guy. He has, he's met everyone. He's done everything. He's smoked, he's drank, he's done it all. And um, I mean, I can't say enough great things about him. I mean, just what we know about him, just kind of the wave types, wave tops, very surface level, but he, he's, he's a really deep dude and a, a musician at heart and just very gracious with his time. So like anything you want to know um, about him or ask, he's an open book as well. So I always, it always goes back to jujitsu for me. So, you know, my favorite stories are just him uh, talking about lethal weapon. And, yeah. um, you know, uh, when he has the fight with Mel Gibson at the end, it's kind of like the first move that I know of a jujitsu move yeah. uh, in a, like a mainstream Western movie mm -hmm. where Mel throws a triangle choke on him. So that was taught to him by Horian Gracie, who first invented the UFC. And he's yeah. the father of my jujitsu instructors, Henry Huron Gracie. And so he just he go, goes on and on about how him and Mel trained with Horian and uh, later on ended up going to UFCs together, which I didn't know. I, uh, and uh, I think Mel still goes to UFCs to this day. Yeah, I see I'm mistaken, right? Stuff. Yeah, it's a... It's so cool because he's like one of the first big actors that was actually doing jujitsu in movies and studying with the, the with the Machado's uh, family and the Gracie guys. Like he he's been in that shit for a long time. More reasons to like Mel Gibson in my book. I love Absolutely, Mel Gibson. Yeah, he's the real deal. He marches to beat of his own drummer, independent guy, yeah. and uh, does you know he's a wild man and Ron Couture as well. And yeah. I, yeah, I think he's still is he still training with Hegan Machado? I want to say. I've seen post pictures um, with uh, Mel, but I don't know if they're recent or if he just because he can throws a lot of stuff up that's like in the past. Because that dude is right. an Instagram junkie. I love Hegan. He's um, one of my favorite people. He came on my solo show. Hegan and I are actually friends, which blows my mind that Hegan knows who I am. <clears throat> and JP and I were actually doing an Instagram live, uh, like in the middle oh, of COVID, man. <laughs> and we put on we put on some filters that made us look like '40s women. And we were just cutting up about it. And then Hegan popped uh, into our live chat. And I was like, oh, shit. That's funny. 
Keegan just saw me and JP as dragon, and he's like, "What's wrong with this guy?" And I thought I was just a good dude. <laughs> he stayed it's, for like yeah. minutes, and he just got off. <laughs> I remember <laughs> being, I remember being on that Instagram live when you were talking about. <laughs> yeah, Jeremy, you were there. That's, yeah. awesome. That's awesome. I have that screenshot saved on my phone of me and JP dressed. He gave he gave you like red lipstick and like this little flowery hat shit, and we we looked so ridiculous. And Hegan pops in, I was like, "Oh my god." It's <laughs> Yeah, those those guys in Brazil don't play that funny style. So yeah, probably use in and out. You know, he Higgins uh, still follows all my stuff and likes my shit. So apparently, I didn't rub, I didn't run him off. But I love Higgins, man. He's one of my favorite people out there. Such a good dude. He seems like uh, one of those guys that you, no matter who you speak to, no one has a bad word to say about him. They only have praise for him. So looking forward to meeting him one day. The closest I got was a couple of a couple of months ago. I got to train at one of his spots and. Beverly Hills, I did a dropping class with uh, a buddy of mine's a Nickelback, and uh, he trains on Hegan. And oh, nice. um, it was just awesome class, fun, yeah. very different from what I was used to. And uh, so, yeah, looking forward to meeting him one day, too. Yeah, he came out here for a seminar for the school that I was training at in Colorado when I first moved out here. And um, we got to go watch the UFC fights at Buffalo Wild Wings with them after. And I was like, I can't believe I'm sitting across from Higa Machado watching UFC fights in a Buffalo Wild Wings. Like, dude, my life is fucking awesome. Like, it's so bizarre because this dude is like a legend, man. The Machados are and the Gracies, every one of them are just so incredible what they've yes. accomplished. Especially him with what he's had to accomplish, you know, with uh, with his, you know, physical, um, the way he's approached it, you know, with his physicality of what he has to work with. It's just unbelievable. Yeah. Yeah. Anybody that's in Hollywood, basically, that's in that trains jujitsu is most likely training with Hegan Machado, which is a uh, name a shitload of people. Tom Hardy, Ben Diesel, Paul Walker, rest in peace. Uh, Charlie Henning, Sons of Anarchy guy. Keanu Reeves, uh, Demi Lovato. There's been so many people that have trained with him. And like with your guys, too, the Hegan, I mean, the Gracie brothers. Uh, Stan Strong and I actually came from their affiliation school, too, in uh, Louisiana. Gracie youngsville what is it gracie, gracie jiu-jitsu youngsville yeah they're, they're uh gracie brothers affiliation school too so shout out to cardi myers he's um he's so deep in that stuff and yeah. such a good instructor he's trained with the uh, gracie brothers many times and so we're all connected to the same world i just love the jiu-jitsu world man it's such a strong brother and sisterhood yes yeah and we it brings out, you to a lot of different places too. yeah it's like it just made me like you even more like this this dude is awesome <laughs> Likewise, likewise. Yeah. So it's like, it's amazing when you talk to Gary, which is there from the beginning, you know, back in, I forgot when Lethal Weapon was made. I was like 90, 93 or something. It was, it's been the a while. One, I think it was actually in the late 80s. It was 88. Uh, was it? Was yeah. it? Oh, wow. Yeah. So that was, yeah, that was way ahead of its time. Way before UFC. Mm-hmm. And, um, but yeah, Gary has these things he calls abuseisms. And <laughs> <laughs> what it is is, uh, everyday words uh he has a deep mind but he has a great sense of humor so uh, if you could you google it after this buseyisms he breaks down all these words and then puts a meaning to it like but you know he'll do obnoxious ones that don't mean anything like uh fart he's like you know it was we're joking and smoking he's like someone talks about a fart or whatever he's like hey fart that stands for feeling erectile transmission so <laughs> oh, he has this alternative vocabulary the funny things and deep things as well so he spans awesome. the spectrum so yeah he's an unbelievable guy and you know he's he's played with so many different great bands through the years of himself uh you know from bruce springsteen stray cats all over it's, it's a very cool dude yeah i love Are his you- appearance in tommy boy personally yeah tommy boy the movie 
Yes. It, yes. His, uh, yeah. His interview, I don't know if it was his last interview or one of the ones that he did on a Howard Stern show, is by far one of the funniest things I've ever seen. Where, Because Howard Stern is like kind of like how I am. He's a germaphobe. He likes his space. That's why he has yep. his little cube where he does his recording. Gary Busey's like, fuck that. I'm coming to give you a hug. And he went around the <laughs> corner and made Howard Stern so uncomfortable. It was like the funniest shit ever. Uh, I just yes. love that clip. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, he was talking about The Apprentice. I didn't really watch TV, but he was talking mm-hmm. about he was on The Apprentice with Trump, and so he had some great, uh, some funny Trump stuff. Uh, I can between, only imagine uh, those two between <laughs> us. Yeah, <laughs> I was like, wow. I was like, wow. You met the president. I didn't even didn't even remember that. You know, that's right. He was on the show and all that. So yeah, he was a big a big character on that season too. It was hilarious. Was he? <laughs> I don't doubt it. Yeah. He's a, when he's larger than life type of dudes, you know. But he was t- talking to us about uh, under siege. And uh, oh, since, awesome. since they were like, you know, um, meeting different Navy SEALs that were kind of, you know, involved in that the periphery and what whatnot. So he was a good, good patriot, solid dude. Um, yeah, we were, what else were we talking about? Oh, I went to that talk to you guys. Um, did you guys see the new Oliver Stone JFK documentary? No, um, he was on Rogan promoting it recently, right? Yes. Yeah, I haven't seen it yet, but I'm looking forward to watching it. Did you watch it? Yes, go out and watch it twice now. Oh, go damn. out there and, and uh, definitely watch it. There's a two-hour version, and Oliver said there's going to be a four-hour version that's going to be released in February. It's a lot of information to take in. It's kind of like drinking from a, a you know a fire hose, but it's mm-hmm. unbelievable. And what he's done to dedicate his life toward uh, seeking the truth and uh, exposing the lies is very admirable. Because he could be making a lot of money, a lot more money you know, doing mainstream Hollywood movies, but, you know, to find this niche in, you know, uh, taking risks with his career, that the unpopular choices and going against the grain, just, you know, you know, nothing but respect for him. So for anyone, for you guys, and then anyone watching out there, I think it's on Showtime, um, Showtime's uh, channel right now. Oh, nice. I have uh, that. Yeah, I'm watching Dexter New Blood with the, my Showtime package. <laughs> it's Black Sheep. I said Tommy Boy. It's Black Sheep I was thinking about. I don't want to misquote his movies. He's in Black Sheep and not Tommy Boy with oh, okay. um, Chris yeah. Farley. Yeah. yeah. I listened to the Rogan episode with Oliver Stone yesterday, and I didn't realize that uh, the documentary is on Showtime. That's good to hear. I have that program. I'm also li- watching Dexter. I just caught up on the latest episode last night, but I didn't even hear them say that it was on Showtime, so that's legit. I'm gonna check it out for sure. With uh, no spoilers, Jeremy, are you enjoying Dexter New Blood? Dude, last night's episode blew my fucking mind. <laughs> yeah, I <laughs> fucking love it, man. I, think I mean, they, they Sunday nights, I guess, but I yeah. watched it last night. But yeah, the latest episode was fucking awesome. It, it's a little bittersweet to me that I can't talk about it because the season finale is going to be this weekend and this episode is going to air before that and we'll never know to close it out. But, man, I have some crazy predictions on that and I, that they did such a good job with this season. It makes me sad that it's wrapping up, but um, I have some predictions on that it might. I've never seen one episode of Dexter. Would you what? recommend starting from the beginning or is the newer series, can you start from the new series? No, man, you got to know the Start the from the beginning. Yeah. Yeah. You definitely could watch the new season as a standalone season, but I would recommend starting from the very first episode of the original Dexter. The mm-hmm. first season's one of the most amazing shows I've ever seen in my entire life. I've watched the first season at least five times. 
I'm probably right there with you, Jeremy. <laughs> and I've watched all the way through the series maybe two or three times. Mm-hmm. Um, season one to four is the by far the best. The Trinity season mm-hmm. is that's the fourth. Maybe the best season of any show ever made. Yeah, damn, that's damn. bold. And the, the good thing about it is the guys, the writers, the producers, everybody that was involved from one to four is who came back to do this newest season. So that's why it's so much better than five to eight. Okay. Yeah. So it's nine seasons in total. Yeah. And it's Damn. five to five to eight was like, you need to know it to know the story. But and it was a lot of like filler shit. It was like albums that were just filler songs. There was so much crap in there. They, yeah. I don't want to shit on Dexter because uh, I love the show, but <laughs> there was a lot of like, yeah, they try to turn them into like there were so much situations where it's like this is not real you can't do this you can't do that like you're gonna get caught by the cops or it kind of made him a superhero in a certain certain aspect in certain ways but um, that says like 24 the way you're describing it's like with really? jack bauer similar it was really good and they turned him into just like ridiculous superhero where yeah nothing they, could kill him. it got milked it was milked too dry man and um if they would have ended it with season four and then kind of let your imagination pick up what happened to make season nine i think that would have been incredible but Monday morning, Monday morning quarterbacking. We can't do. It's already done. Um, but yeah, that's a great show. What was? What were we talking about right before Dexter? I had something else to say about that subject. Um, Gary Busey. <laughs> Gary Busey. Uh, no, I think I was done with that. Um, the uh, documentary JFK. Oh, JFK Oliver Stone. Yeah. So JF, thank you, uh, Stan Strong. Um, so Oliver Stone said some interesting stuff about the JFK. He's the one that made the original JFK movie that was in the early nineties. Everybody knows Kevin Costner. Um, there was some stuff about that that he over time has discovered that he was they were wrong about certain things too, which is I thought was super interesting and how honest Oliver Stone is, which gives me more confidence in anything that he makes. Like this dude is legit. Like he's trying to put out awesome content and not just like uh, Nako said, he's not just making money. He's he's putting out solid content with truth behind it. And I feel like they're gonna kill that guy because he knows he's talking too much shit, man. Because JFK stuff is creepy, like that. That's what spin spin the whole conspiracy stuff with the USA, with you, with the United States. When shit went sideways, is when he was assassinated. Everything since then has been bonkers. So anybody that's trying to dig and keeps digging, like Oliver Stone is, I feel like he's got a target on his back. What do y'all think? So did the new movie that came out? So it's it's updated from his the previous one. Is there like new theories that he has in there? Um, you know, I haven't seen the JFK movie in, in quite some time, but yeah, it's from the interviews I've heard on various podcasts, he's added to it. The, the reason being is, um, after the JFK movie was made, there was so much interest in the assassination that he was able to testify and, uh, the, the, the wave of people seeking the truth, they started declassifying a lot more documents related to the case and, and it continued, you know, slowly, but surely. I mean, it's still a, a treasure trove. They'll they have to declassify, which they probably never will within our lifetime. But yeah, so based on the extra items that came out, they added upon you know to to his uh, investigation, and then it validated some things. The conspiracy theories became conspiracy facts, and which which he talks about. So as they often do, they become conspiracy facts. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. cool. I didn't realize he was had a new one out. I've checked it out. Yeah, I mean, it, it's 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 it has it's kind of gotten buried in a press because, um, you know, it's proven fact that a lot of press outlets are manipulated by you know people in the government, and vice versa. So, you know, 
it doesn't behoove anyone to get good publicity for this movie. It doesn't shed light on on it doesn't make anyone look good within the government and and we you know we know how that how that all that rolls downhill so it was financed by you know foreign entity i think maybe in france or in england was financed it no one american would touch it so yeah there's a lot of politics behind even getting something like this made so mm-hmm. and the same thing for publicity it's, it's where it has to go on um you know alternative uh, media outlets which no one else will touch it you know and then if they do talk about it like rolling stone they pan it and or pan him instead of panning on panning the facts or you know theories a thesis that he puts out about the investigation so there's a lot of suppression that goes on with and you know oppression trying to get certain things pushed into a mainstream you know stream so i think at this point the person we have to worry about being off might be rogan yeah I mean, that's like, very true mm, yeah he, rogan I mean, is he, liberating a lot of people these days for sure there was a there was a point for a while there where he was not touching any of this stuff Mines. and we we're like all right he's either just happy with his money and doesn't want to fucking touch anything or whatever but something changed and he's opened up to having everyone on and wanting to expose the truth. Mm -hmm. And because of the fact that he has a bigger audience than any mainstream media outlet there is right now, I mean, luckily he has a lot of like uh, military, ex-military bodyguards and shit like that. But that doesn't mean that somebody can't get to him in the government. Yeah, yeah, but say- that's why he's recording. He's got seals that work the security at his studio. But um, yeah, yeah. Outside of that, I don't know. I don't think he has security. Rogan is just safety in numbers. If mm-hmm. Rogan would die tomorrow, it doesn't matter how he dies. People are going to investigate it. Yeah, he, he's too famous. They can't. They can't tell. It's like killing a president almost. If they kill yeah. Biden and Rogan tomorrow, who do you think would get a bigger headline? I mean, probably that's a good question. People would be interested in what how Rogan died. They would be suspicious for sure. There would definitely be. This is a little weird. It's like so. Carrie Mullis died right before all this started, all of the pandemic and everything. Carrie Mullis, the guy who won the Nobel Prize for the PCR test and who said on camera that Fauci will go out and lie to the American public. He knows nothing about any of this stuff about how to use this, use these types of tests. He would have been probably Fauci's biggest critic and most credible critic and he died right before all this stuff kicked off nobody even knows that like very few people know that but somebody like rogan that happens to that will raise lots of red flags because the coverage he has Mm -hmm. more harm than good for the people that are pushing that agenda something that's crazy about the whole jfk uh thing with oliver stone too is that he made that movie in like i believe 91 which is roughly 30 years after the actual assassination and then this newest movie was another 30 years. Like this, so much time has passed and it's still a topic that we um, are all like everybody in this world is fascinated by. And there's still no true answers and it still causes so much suspicion and uh, conspiracies about it. They mentioned that on the, on the Rogan episode too, like the time frame that I was like, that's fucking crazy. Like that assassination had 30 years. They made that movie and that was a big thing. Opened up a bunch of minds and then another 30 years, he makes another movie. And it's opened up more stuff about it. Like when they're going to reveal this, the actual truth. And they've, uh, 
Trump, I believe, was trying to get that stuff exposed to, and they said they <laughs> yeah. were going to. Brad, you about to touch on that? No, I, I was I was thinking about um, Jim Mars. Uh, are you guys yeah. familiar with Jim Mars? Uh-huh. Yeah, I just if you haven't seen any of Jim Mars talks, check him out on YouTube. He died a couple of years ago, but he he I think he would wrote the book or was what he was a journalist in uh, the area at the time. And a lot of the movie was based on his writing and maybe a book of his journalism of his. But he he's very candid about his thoughts on that. And he was he was on the ground back when it was happening. He's a very interesting guy and a great storyteller. Check him out, Jim Morris. Rest in peace. Yeah, <laughs> I love Jim Morris. He's good. Nako, do you have any? Um, we had uh, Stan Stronger here, my buddy here. He's a former homicide detective as well. Yeah, now he's working on his pilot's license and new adventures. But uh, we were picking his brain about about stuff earlier. Do you have any crazy detective crime stories that you can share with us that won't compromise you in any kind of way? Because people love that shit, brother. You know it. Oh man, that's uh, it. Would take some time. It would take some time. I, <laughs> I got a good one for you, but yeah, it's it's a long one. It's uh, it's crazy and very long, but uh, quick ones. Oof, I mean, uh, it's not an investigation per se, but there was a. I was just telling a story the other day when uh, back when I was a, a patrol cop, blue suiter, we uh, got a call of a death investigation. You know, foul smelling odor in someone's apartment. And this guy was a, a loner. So we, um, we hit the door and opened it up. Sure enough, there's a guy dead on his couch, but he has his uh, underwear down to his ankles. And uh, he was obviously having a wank when he kicked off and he was clutching uh, uh, wrestling dolls. And I remember like back in the eighties, like, you know, when WWF was really popping, you know, they had like these Hulk Hogan dolls and Andre the Giant and all that stuff. Yeah. Well, this guy like the is hard rubber ones. Yes, yes, the hard rubber, yeah, you know, exactly. maybe about this big. Dude, this is, sorry about me. I just didn't die. <laughs> and uh, so this guy's kink was wrestling dolls. And I, I, I didn't know how many exist. I figured with maybe 10 or something to WWF. Uh, no, this guy had like every wrestling doll made in the world. And they were all over his house in like a shit area of Hollywood. So a little rat hole apartment and they were everywhere. So this guy's thing was you know, you know, beaten off to these things. So we're looking around trying to piece this whole thing together, find out what this guy's about. And, uh, you know, we, we put together, you know, just exactly like just a loner, weird guy. And this is what he was into he was ill health. And it was a, a legitimate, uh, natural death, but, uh, to make a, a long story longer when, um, he was really big too. He was very obese, go figure. Oh, and um, so yeah. when the, the guys that come out from the medical examiner's office, like the coroners and all that, uh, they only sent one person out and they had to um, wrap, wrap him up and trying to get him out of his apartment, which was, which was a task unto itself. And uh, between the stench and all the fluids that were coming out of him since he was there for a while, Mm -hmm. uh, and, and the layout of the apartment, it was up on the second floor and mm -hmm. they had to take him down these stairs. There's no elevator or whatever. And uh, the coroner is asking us, he's like, hey, guys, I, I need a hand with this. Uh, can you help me out? And <laughs> it's not in our job description. Normally we would. But in this case, we're like, no fucking way. <laughs> I'm like, what am I touching that guy? You're on your own, brother. And he's like, Man. he's like, really? I'm like, hey, you know, I'm sorry. This one time we're going to pull out the rule book. Like, we're not allowed to do that. And he's like, damn it. So he wraps this guy up and he couldn't get the gurney in there. So he's dragging this body and 
you know, it's, it's like, you know, trying to deadlift like a thousand pounds. He's dragging this guy on a white sheet uh, down the hallway and it's leaving oh this huge God. snail trail. Oh and uh, God, this, this little kid comes out, maybe about like six or seven years old. And he, he looks down and he's like, is that a dead body? And the guy's like, yeah. Sergeant and, Slaughter? <laughs> yeah. Was that the Iron Sheik? And um, so he says, like, is that a dead body? And, uh, you know, the corner guy's like, he's like, yep. And the kid just goes, cool. His eyes light <laughs> up. He's like, <laughs> and he takes this, this poor guy and he drags him down the steps. And this guy's hitting every step. Oh, my God. Like, boom, boom. And just more and more fluids oh, being so released gross. from this. And just, and he, he gets him into the, gets him into the van and away he goes. And all the fluids and everything else to stink and all that just it was there for everyone for the superintendent or whatever and the harbor manager to clean so it was a mess so yeah so if you see somebody that has wrestling dolls and they live alone yeah check in on them so what happens <laughs> to those trouble. wrestling dolls I mean, really, are you okay <laughs> where'd the wrestling dolls go i only have one yeah. macho man doll okay and i do live alone yes i do but it's at my ex-wife's house like if you had family, they'd probably go to family. But so what these could be collector's items. What happens to the wrestling? They could have, you know, hopefully yeah. this guy had a family member. I don't think we were able to find any next to kin information, but like they say, where there's a will, there's a relative. So I'm sure somebody has it or, you know, you know, worse came to worse. This guy, you know, the apartment manager or whatever, you know, went in there and scooped up whatever he needed. If yeah. this guy lived on his own and no one cared about him. So that's what usually happens. So. I run a black light over these figures, man. I'm yeah, I was gonna say. Criminally <laughs> yeah. Ultimate Warrior has been stained. <laughs> yes, yes. Throughout the black light. That is so. Please. Like, I mean, it's it's sad, but like, there's there's people that have like these fetishes and stuff. So it's just so the worst fetish that probably any any of us could imagine is probably not even close to what the worst fetish that exists is. You know. Very true, man. Very true. Yep. Everyone's got that dark side that they, yeah. only they know about. But yeah, I learned out learned about a new one that day for sure. So, Matt, what do you think he was doing? Like, how did, okay, his underwear is down. Was he wearing tidy whities? I feel like he's wearing tidy whities. Of course. Of course. He said tidy whities. All right. Yes, so that, was, that, that was vivid. Let those details just die with him. Okay. That was, it was, it was probably <laughs> cardiac. You know, usually that's, you know, he's obese, yeah. you know, cardiovascular type uh, issues. So, all right, that, one more was, question. Was Doink the Clown in his anus? I was thinking the same. But good question. Thank you. I don't know who that is, but uh, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't rule out anything. <laughs> yeah, I'll leave that up to the red nose, right? I'll leave that up to the medical awesome, examiner. Nobody, nobody knows Doink. He didn't get enough credit. He was hilarious. <laughs> one of my favorite childhood memories of uh, a dog in here uh, was Doink the Clown bought a little person, a midget, if you will. <laughs> Poor Macho Man, and um, he chased the Macho Man around. And Macho Man was pissed off that he bought a little guy that was like an identical mini me to Macho Man. <laughs> then they had a Doink the Clown mini me, and they were fighting too. I was like, this is freaking hilarious. It was like 1992. It's the funniest shit ever to me. <laughs> Shout out to Macho Man. Rest in peace. He said he could I, I th- come back during our show, but he never did. Thankfully, he didn't repossess me. <laughs> did uh, did Uncle Pat Militich uh, come out on? Uh, did he no, come out tonight? Uh, I got to reach out to Pat. I'm not sure what, why he didn't come. Uh, Jeffrey Wilson, his, uh, his co-host, uh, was here for a while with us. But um, I don't know why Pat didn't. But I'm going to try to get a message from Pat for the episode. But uh, right on. he said he wanted to come. I don't know why. He didn't. A couple of people didn't show up that said they were going to come. But that's life, guys. That's life. Being a book. They must have been. 
they must have been idiots like me thinking it was uh thinking it was thursday still you know they'll well, be hitting that link tomorrow hey what's going on really yeah for everybody who was invited to this show i did screw up majorly when i sent out the emails i made the zoom account thing which i typically have the guests make and i had to make it on my end which was a little weird like it didn't look right and when i sent it to everybody i thought i was going to have the date and the time and everything with it but it didn't show any of that shit unless you clicked on the link i think and everybody kept asking me like hey when is this and they're like oh it's not an email my bad i fucked that up it's kind of important for you guys to know so I had to go like privately and independently add all these dates and times and it causes the shit show. So that was yeah, a to be fair, year. when I looked at the email, there was no date and time. And I actually joined the Zoom meeting just to see when it said it was going to shit when it was so actually popping off. When you clicked it, that then it showed you you had to go into the meeting. I had, yeah. I had to actually join the Zoom meeting to see when it was probably off. Fuck up from Booker E, guys. Yeah. <laughs> really? It's only the last episode. It's not bad. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. Yeah. Guys, I, I got to get out of here. Uh, thanks for uh, having me on. And it was cool talking to everybody. It was really very interesting stuff and a lot of fun. And I, I'm serious coming on y'all's show when, when the couple times that I've been a guest with y'all, it seems like I feel like y'all are the type of guys that if we were hanging out in person that we totally like go to a bar stay till probably like 3 a.m or in it close and probably get in a little bit of trouble is what i feel like i feel like it'd be fun uh, um so i always enjoyed it i know everybody are that listens to us they um they always enjoyed the show talking to y'all y'all are down to earth but you're also open-minded you're funny and, and you're cool so i hope to see new projects from you guys and uh maybe this won't be the last maybe it maybe it's a break maybe it comes back in another formation whatever um and good luck to you and uh awesome love you guys it's nice to nice to meet everybody and hang out with everybody peace brad Absolutely. thank you good. so much it a brad pleasure. it was a Cheers. lot of fun hanging out with you we love you brother love y'all too day. man y'all have a good one <laughs> Later, Later. oh man yeah we should probably wrap it up I, I was gonna try to keep this at two and a half hours i think we're almost at three and a half hours now um uh, i'm not Jeez, sure is it already what yeah it's like 2 30 i mean 10 uh, 30 wow. my mind yikes but yeah we'll wrap it up jeremy thank you so much for being a loyal listener and a, and a, a good brother man we appreciate you so much you've been um, a big morale booster for us yeah thanks for having me on this last episode it means a lot yeah, yeah man, congratulations on it young boy you got there it's awesome man your family's appreciate growing. it I just wish your background wasn't the apocalypse. It's kind of bumming me out. <laughs> I like <laughs> that. It's good, man. It's good. No, it, yeah, it's fitting. I like it. Yeah. Nako, thank you so much for coming on, bro. Um, is it the Armbar podcast? Is that the one you're running still? Yes. Yes. Yeah. Armbar podcast. Yeah. Yes, Check out the Armbar podcast. He's got a lot of awesome guests on there. You train with uh, Jocko. You train with so many cool people on a regular basis, too. Uh, you know so many cool guys, man. I have a crush. I'll on have you. to check that out. My uh, my cousin's actually wrestling on a scholarship at Colorado Mesa right now. He's a redshirt freshman. Nice. So everything wrestling and jujitsu is life for me. My daughter's gonna turn four in a couple weeks, and we're getting her on the mat this season coming up. That's exciting, so. man. Yeah, That's beautiful. Awesome. Love to hear that kind of stuff. Yeah, guys, yes, check sir, out the Armbar podcast. Jeremy, I'm sure you don't want your family fo followed and stalked on social media, but plug anything you want, brother. I got nothing, man. I'm just a big fan. <laughs> if you ever Thank come you. down That's to right. see Grandma, man, let us know. Yeah, we're here. We'd love to take you for out sure. for dinner or whatever. 
uh, cornhole, whatever you want to do, brother, we'll do. I'll come watch him wrestle, and then I'll hit you guys really up. Likes to play yeah. You can watch me and Stan Strong have a grappling match, man. We've had some good matches. Sounds good. Really hasn't been beat up in a while. Yeah, I need Quick. it. I need to be humbled. It can happen right now. <laughs> Let's go, Patreon, brother. <laughs> we'll do a match in the fishbowl. Are you guys still selling any of your merch? I always meant to buy some, and life got in the way. Yeah, I just want um, a fucking hat or a t-shirt or something. Yeah, dude, uh, hit me up after on the email thing or whatever we've been talking through. I can't remember, and I'll, I'll get you hooked up, man. We have, we still have our link with that top shelf printers. Sounds good. I'll probably leave that open and just build off of it and just add our new shows that we come up with to it. So the TOT merch will always be there. Oh, man. Uh, it's emotional. For right me. Uh, y'all have any final thoughts? <laughs> Yeah, we can we can go around one. Yeah, we'll go around the hey, we'll dude, go around so the world. I guess I'll go first, man. My final thought, dude, is fucking congrats. You guys had a goal, you did it. We're here, one hundred. That's that's a big accomplishment. So congrats to you guys. Proud of you. Thank you, David. Thank awesome. you for finishing out that's with awesome. me too, man. You've been a, a, a nice addition to the show. A lot of people have liked your stuff. A lot of people have asked for you not to come on, but I didn't repeat that. So it's like, <laughs> probably just the wife. <laughs> Enough of my shit. Yeah. No, it's good though. Congrats, guys. Like that's you started, you finished. It's awesome. Yep. That's what every woman wants. Whoa, hey now. <laughs> Sausage Fest podcast coming soon, guys. Yeah, I want to see all four of us back and let us know. I'll talk these guys into it. Bookery. <laughs> do it. Uh, Stan Strong, Captain Stan Strong. Now that you're no longer homicide detective, you're a pilot and Captain America. Oh, God. Um, no, I just want to bring it back to what I said earlier, man. Y- y'all have no idea the tiny effects that y'all had on people and what effects they're going to have on other people. So, echo what he says outstanding work. Congratulations. Uh, but, man, y- y'all really have no, you will never know how much good you have done for people. So, thank y'all. Thanks. Thank you. Yeah. yeah. JP, you go, bro. This is, it's been wild. It's been a wild ride. It is, it is emotional. It's kind of a, it's crazy. I can't believe this is it for now, for now, for yeah. now, Ooh, but it's still, it's it. like a, I love it. <laughs> I don't know what's coming next, but man, it's bizarre. It's, it's bizarre. I, I'm kind of at a loss for words, honestly. I am too. All I can say is stick around for the post credit scenes. If you're a Marvel fan of all this kind of stuff, superhero movies, I might throw a bonus scene in here. That's going to leave cliffhangers. <laughs> uh, yeah. So thank you everybody that listens to our show. Anybody that's bought the merch, anybody that signed up for the Patreon and any kind of support you've done, you shared it to anybody. We appreciate all of it. Um, we're nothing without you listeners. I think we're creeping up on 40,000 downloads as a total. We've uh, ran this for two years. January 2020 to January 2022, which is nice. kind so of awesome. beautiful how it all played out. So it is what it is, guys. So thank y'all for being with us, and we'll see you in the next adventure. I feel like we need to do one big ass woke wolf pack. We got four sausages in here, two on Zoom. When I say woke wolf pack, I need everybody to howl like a wolf, please. Woke wolf pack. Oh, 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 oh.